Hi, this is Jalen for Dobbs, where tire buying is easy. At GoToDobbs.com, shop brands, sizes, pricing, and our amazing deals. With 40-plus locations, get same-day install. For tires, it's Dobbs. For deals you can use, click on GoToDobbs.com now. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This is the Opening Drive Podcast on 101 ESPN. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers. Good morning, everyone, and welcome to the Opening Drive on 101 ESPN in St. Louis with Brooke Grimsley and Super Bowl champ Kerry Davis. I'm Randy Carricker. Great to have you with us at 7 o'clock. Your time check brought to you by Clarkson Jewelers and officially licensed Rolex Jeweler. Good morning, kids. How are we doing? Oh, my goodness. That was fancy. Thank you. It's kind of like uh, the the, uh, word. uh, I knew this because my kids took Spanish in uh, in grade school. Rojo is red. Rojo. Rojo. Well done. I can't roll my tongue at all. No. Not good at it. I was, Not, no. I, I was trying to channel my inner Latino there. <laughs> Rojo. There How was uh, golf yesterday? Golf at the uh, Ted Savage Golf Tournament to benefit Cardinals care was great. A lot of former Cardinals out there, the front office staff. I, I had a chance to play with one of the Bally's teams, so I had a great time w- with them. And then saw our buddy Mike Claiborne, who will join us later on in this show. And uh, Chip Carey was out there and just had a, had a great time. Didn't play to a level that uh, would allow us to win. <laughs> But we did have a great time, and it was uh, the overcast made it perfect. It was terrific. Thank That's you. Won. Frustrating. I didn't stick around to hear who won. Oh. They were taking too much time. Okay. <laughs> it wasn't you. It wasn't me, and I knew so that. So you're like, I'm going to dip out. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But I, I did have a good time playing. Thank you. I think you're and I, I heard that the show went great. People were, uh, you know, I, I can't trust ratings because if I did then I would think that we have something less than like a 90% listenership everybody listens to the show and we thank everybody who does yes. we appreciate sure. all of St. Louis listening to the show even the the 10% that don't yes. but we they just haven't gotten around to it they're yet. Busy. Really? Well, yeah. yeah, they got things going on. They might work nights and they're sleeping. You know, some people just. Yeah, might be in jail. Uh, there, too. <laughs> they got radios in jail, though. Oh, okay, they good. Got, they got radios. <laughs> they got YouTube and radio. Listen, there's some jail cells that are. <laughs> some people are looking forward oh, to going to jail. Yeah, Club Fed. <laughs> yeah, yeah, they, um, yeah. Bernie Madoff, man, he had a maid in jail. Yeah, yeah, they had like a 55 inch screen and the king size sort of sleeper or whatever. I wouldn't want to see. I don't no, need to no. know, but I, I've heard that they're okay. Okay. Some of them. <laughs> good, good stuff to know here. So if, if, if I'm going to get in trouble, I want to do white-collar crime is yeah, what you're telling yeah, me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Get you some right. easy time and you know, be playing pickleball. Yep. Happy Martha trade Stewart. deadline day. The trade deadline is at 5 this afternoon in MLB. Do both, and the Cardinals play tonight, by the way. They play the Twins, 645. Do Jack Flaherty and or Paul DeYoung suit up for the game tonight? Ooh, suit up for the game tonight? No. Yes. I'm going to say five, no. Five o'clock. No. No. Is the deadline. Well, I think what's, the I game think is no at also. 645? 645, yeah. Yeah, no. I don't think they do either. Well, 
They would have known by that time if I they think, are. Yeah, they'll, they'll tra- they probably might not even be at the ballpark. Yeah, they might not even be at the ballpark right. today. That could be. Yeah, that very easily could be. You gotta if if it does happen, you gotta get out of you know catch a flight, get out of get your stuff packed, get out of there. Yep. Now, yesterday, the Tampa Bay Rays acquired Aaron Savali, who's a pretty darn good starting pitcher, ERA of two and a half. They got him from the Guardians. And Buster only tweets this morning that the Reds and Orioles are seen by rival executives to be among the most aggressive teams searching for starting pitching. Add to them the New York Yankees, and I think you have a group that. Will maybe not Jack Flaherty, but will wind up with starting pitchers by the end of the day. I am a little surprised that Jack Flaherty, that was a name going to the trade deadline, I thought for sure would be one of the first to go. Not trying to perfectly predict the order of events, but I thought that that would be a shoe in mm-hmm. to find a fit for Jack Flaherty. Young people are looking for swing and mess stuff for their starters. But it's interesting because now there's several articles coming out. Derek Gould, John Denton dumbling down on the fact that maybe. He won't be moved at the trade deadline. I just I, I don't see how with with the teams out there that need starting pitching. And I just I, I listed a couple, but you've got the Dodgers and Astros. And one of those is going to probably land Justin Verlander by the end of the day. And then the other one will dip down into the Jack Flaherty type market. But the Giants are looking for starting pitching. Diamondbacks are looking for starting pitching. They got a closer last night, Paul Seawald from Seattle. The Marlins are still looking and we know that. Our friend Skip Schumacher knows Jack Flaherty very well. Phillies and Braves also in the market for starting pitching. So with all those teams out there, I have to believe there's somebody that will pay a price commensurate with what the Cardinals would want for Flaherty. And then the Cardinals can just head down the stretch going, well, they have uh, 55 games left, go 15 and, you, th- you think, f- 15 and what what is the uh, Randy? I don't want to talk about baseball anymore. Let's talk okay. about trade deadline. What do yeah. you think the Cardinals will get in return for Jack Flaherty? I think Ma- the, more prospects. Yeah, the market has been set, and I think they were. I know they're very happy with what they got for Jordan Montgomery. They think that uh, the the players that they got for Montgomery and Hicks, the Cardinals are kind of looking at as as a draft portfolio, as a kind of another draft. So. That's a good thing. And if you can get that direction, players that have an ETA of 2024, maybe just one, I I think that would be a a good pickup. Because from what we've seen now, even, I guess we should say, with what the Mets got for Max Scherzer, the market has been set. You're looking at minor league players. You aren't looking at major league ready guys that can step into your rotation next week. So I, I I would think that that's what you get for Flaherty. And if you package Flaherty and DeYoung, you might get... I don't think you'll even get a back-of-the-rotation guy. I think you'll get a minor league guy because teams that are trading for these players are doing it because they already have a shortage of starting pitching. Right. And, and they need more. And they're trying to win, so they don't want to give they're up They're winning one, now. Right, yeah. So they now. don't want to give up a, a starting pitcher that can give them at least innings in exchange for a guy that they're going to have for a couple months. Who is the who, who, who takes the place in the starting rotation with Montgomery gone and if... Clarity is gone. I think we see Matthew Libertor. I think we see Dakota Hudson. So what record did you say? Uh, I, I said 15 and 40. Okay. What do you think? Probably. So if who pitching else is- has been, I mean, I don't think McGreevy or, or Graceffo end up here unless no. it's September. Do they come up in September? Well, you, you can still throw Zach Thompson into the rotation. Okay. So Michaelis, Matt, who, by the way, He's pitching talk right about it well. well, and Wayno, and then two other guys, Libertor, Hudson, 
and Zach Thompson, you you fill out your your back into the rotation with those three, and maybe you give Palante a start here or there. I, it's probably not fair to him because he's not stretched give him out. Another chance, but yeah. at, at the very least, do bullpen games right with him starting. And then John King, who was a part of the yeah. Montgomery mm-hmm. trade, he I assume will be a part of the group yeah. today. Now. I don't get this. Why would you leave a really good gig at CNN to become a major league pitcher? <laughs> I, don't, I, don't, I don't think that's No, Randy, we figured it out. That's John person. King. The Cardinals traded for John. 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 Okay. Because, because, because of all the all names. The, yeah, they didn't yesterday. trade for a single normal name yesterday. So we can't, it can't just be John King. It's John. It's John, John, John King. King. Yeah. And uh, I like King Kampf. Is that the, uh, the, the big guy from Toronto? Uh, the 6'5", 243-pound Right-hander. Oh, and you're it, talking about Kloffenstein? Yeah, King Klopp. Okay. King, King Klopp. There we <laughs> okay. go. That's I his, like King Klopp. His, he, uh, he's a guy that has some potential. Oh. He does. It's, and we know what potential is. Never done a damn thing. Never done it. But still, he's an intriguing piece of, I hate to call players a piece of property. He's, But I just did, didn't I? Uh, he's an intriguing <laughs> pitcher because he's big, he's a hard thrower. Mm-hmm. He was rated their number two prospect before he ran into some injury issues. So mm-hmm. if the Cardinals can get a young pitcher straightened out, I know, but still. <laughs> I, didn't w- I didn't want to notice that. One thing <laughs> is that the apparently the highest ceiling of the prospects they've gotten so far is uh, Takoa Roby, and mm-hmm. he has a shoulder injury right now. Your thoughts yeah. on that? Well, I have no problems with pitchers with shoulder injuries, as you know. That's true. Uh, we've we've seen how many pitchers have come back from shoulder injuries. The Cardinals won the the, the trade, the name trade. Oh yes, they, they did. Uh, yeah. Oh, we're these still, are we're still all time Robert Say, Robert Sa. Yep. Sim uh, Robert Jacy. Yes. And Tacoa. Tacoa. Tacoa Roby. And then John King. Yep. And John King is John. John King. John King. John King. They, they won names. So, they got uh, names. Brooke, oh, these we're are gonna, names. We're going to go old school on you, okay? Okay. Tacoa is related to apparently Reggie because all people named Roby are related. <laughs> <laughs> and Reggie Roby was like a 6'5", 250-pound punter that wore a watch while he punted. You remember that? <laughs> I do. <laughs> he wore a watch. That's the most punter <laughs> thing I've ever heard yeah. in my entire I life. I love that. I got, I got a golf I got, game. I got, I got, I got a tee off at 3.30. I need to know. Yeah, so just uh, yeah, look up uh, Reggie. Do a, do a Google search for Reggie Roby. It's very funny. A couple of other moves yesterday. The Mets sold. Continued their sell-off. They traded Mark Hanna to Milwaukee. Nice pickup for Milwaukee. I'm really intrigued to watch the end of this NL Central race between Milwaukee and Cincinnati because both teams are just doing all the right things here. And Cincinnati is one of the great stories ever, the way that they have, first of all, utilized trades to get back into this thing, getting uh, Spencer Steer, who's one of the best players in baseball this year and Encarnacion Strand and all the moves that they've made to get young players and rebuild their system. So I'm intrigued by Cincinnati, but obviously Milwaukee keeps doing things too, and they can always pitch. The Cubs got Jimer Candelario from Washington. The Rays added Aaron Savali. That might be the biggest move of the deadline. The Reds acquired Sam Mole from the A's. Mole. Mole, mole, mole. Guacamole. (laughs) <laughs> I love Austin Powers. I, I got to go back and watch that. That's great stuff. <laughs> Are you Randy? <clears throat> I love that part. Uh, and uh, you think about uh, Bo Bichette being hurt for Toronto, eh? And uh, maybe they are interested in Paul DeYoung because Toronto is, as we know, one of the four teams the Cardinals do trades with. Hmm. That's, that is that is Again, Randy, Randy, <laughs> so it's, it's, the Indi- it's the Guardians, the, Guardians? the Blue Jays. Yeah, yeah. 
Yankees. Uh, the Yankees and is it the Rangers now? Yeah. All right. Marlins, I guess, are up there kind of. Uh, they used to be. But yeah. I don't know if they've done a deal with Kimming yet, have they? I don't know if they have. Uh, but let's see. Orioles. Vinovals. No, but we'll give you a hard-hitting second baseman for Sandy Alcantara, apparently. Right, Kerry? That's all. All right. That's it. That's all. Our, our young, developing, hard-hitting second baseman yeah. for yeah. Sandy Alcantara? Uh, uh, they want they want Nolan, and so we got to get Sandy in return. Oh, I thought we were giving the guy up that we just got. Oh, no, 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 no. They don't want him. Okay. They want Nolan Gorman. Okay. We aren't doing any deals with uh, the Astros, I don't think. I, th- I don't think we're going to do any deals. I wonder how... Mike Elias, who was part of the the hacking scandal. Uh, <laughs> I don't think you have to put air quotes there. Because oh, somebody wound up in jail? It's the Cardinals. It's the Cardinals. Come on. So, uh, but I don't know if he really wants to deal with the, the Cardinal front office. I don't know how victimized he feels by that. So you've got uh, that team. I, I'm just looking for teams that the Cardinals... They've dealt with Seattle over the years. Jerry DePoto deals with everybody, and he wants to make a deal by the end of the day. Uh, Diamondbacks and Rockies, obviously. Did you list the Mariners? The Mariners, yeah. That, that, that would be a fun team to deal with, right? Yeah. I don't think they're trading Logan Gilbert. Nobody in our division, and then uh, Braves, Marlins, Mets, Phillies. You, no. met, you just mentioned the Central really quickly. Are you giving yeah. the Cubs any chance chance yes. to, to, to challenge the brewers yes. and the reds up there yes they're I gonna they're, they're they're trying to yeah i i like what the cubs are doing i wish they would add a start well for their sake because we have cubs fans that listen too i wish they would add themselves a starting pitcher i'm galaxy braining this one maybe it was good the cardinals went two and six against them because it took the the cubs potential trade assets off the market, oh, like a starting chess, pitcher not and an outfielder. I'm just saying <laughs> yep. maybe it helped out the Cardinals to go two and six against their main that rival not, to close out the season. No, no Gary, you don't like yeah. that? I didn't think and you then, would. Uh, last night I was watching late and uh, a nil-nil tie between the U.S. women's national soccer team in Portland in the World Cup. So uh, we did not, uh, we weren't even able to be Portland, P-O-R, on the... Uh, I, I, think I think that's Portugal. Portugal. <laughs> About the same economic power. Oh. About the same economic power. Similar drug policies, too. Oh. Never mind. Okay, so uh, Portugal. So a nil-nil tie. Canceled. I would have rather gone nil-nil against Portland, actually. Would that make you feel feel better? I don't feel as good now. No. Now it stings. (laughs) Kind of does a little. But we've made our way. USA, USA, USA. USA. Uh, we, yeah, we have advanced into uh, the Women's World Cup. Uh, we, we passed the group stage, and now we're in the round of 16. So, good going, ladies. Yeehaw. Good job. I just <laughs> hey, felt like I had a Appreciate it. We're not going to get in the round of 16 in the next yeah. Men's World yeah. Cup, and so just like, appreciate when we actually oh, do it. And I do want to... I, uh, what, why, I do have a question. Why yeah. can't the men have the same success that the women have in soccer? What, 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 what's going on there? I think the uh, the rest of the world had such a tremendous head start in men's soccer, and I don't think they did in women's soccer. Okay. I don't know if if athletically is it a is it a point? I mean, the the best athletes in the United States are playing the the top four sports, right? right? And, and soccer, basketball. Yeah, you are making as much money playing in MLS as you are playing in MLB or the NFL, or even the the National Hockey League or. Mm. Uh, I can see that. Yeah. So I, I, I think, but we're getting better athletes, and the men's team is improving. Yes, and, and hey, you know what? And, and we're back to it now. I think, right? Our our coaches are American. 
Yeah, and and, and listen, right. I, I had the I had the fight question last week. That that number that I said they've they've medaled in every single international competition since 1991. That number is not just pulled out of the the ether. 91 is the very first women's World Cup. So the the, the, the USA team has hit the ground literally running since the very first World Cup and have dominated women's international competitions. Like you said, the United States men's national team has like a team in the 30s. And that's the, in the fifties, I mean, and well, that's, no, that's like when we beat England. Yeah, that's the one swing. We, that's the one swing we have in a hundred in a hundred years because we're behind the eight ball yeah. comparatively. If they would have had the the little score bug back in nineteen fifty, <laughs> you could have just had ENG and then STL because we dominated that team and we, we dominated England. Yeah, take that, Pretty UK. Good. Yeah. So they gave us fish and chips. What we give them that L. <laughs> that L. <laughs> yeah. That, that L, exactly. Uh, we're off and running here on 101 ESPN. Coming up, the latest MLB trade rumors. And also, Derek Gould has an interesting piece at stltoday.com. Have a little bit from that next on 101 ESPN. You're back to the Opening Drive Podcast on 101 ESPN. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers. Jack Flaherty, they still have Paul DeYoung on the roster. A couple of notes today, Buster only reporting that now that the Rays have landed Aaron Savali, the Reds and Orioles are seen by rival executives to be among the most aggressive teams searching for starting pitching. But Jack Flaherty previously has been linked to the Dodgers. The Dodgers and Astros both in the market for Justin Verlander, and wherever he doesn't land, maybe that team would take an interest in the other starting pitching that might be available. The Giants are still looking for pitching. They put Anthony DiSclefani on the IL yesterday. The Diamondbacks could still use a front-of-the-rotation guy or a mid-rotation guy. Skip Schumacher and the Marlins are looking for a lot of things. The Phillies could use a number three, even though Taiwan Walker has had a good year for them. They, they could use another guy in addition to Wheeler and Nola and Walker. And then the Braves, who have had myriad injuries, are also in the market for starting pitching. So the Cardinals, with Jack Flaherty heading towards free agency, will at least have some people to talk to today as the 5 o'clock deadline approaches. I, Going back to it, I'm just still very surprised that he is still around and they haven't been able to find a deal. And I understand that it's very confusing giving away pitching when pitching mm-hmm. is what you need. But with what you were able to do with Jordan Montgomery and Jordan Hicks, people who you know who are going to be gone by the end of the season, essentially, I wouldn't be surprised. And I'm not saying that I think that Jack Flaherty doesn't like St. Louis. I don't I don't like that narrative for whatever reason that has been put out there. I think it's more of I wouldn't be surprised with him being, you know, a young starter, him testing the waters of free agency. So you run that risk of him going out there, testing the waters of free agency and not returning. And how has arbitration in the past gone with Flaherty and mm-hmm. the Cardinals? What will be the difference during the offseason? That's a great question. Now, here's a couple of things. And by the way, I didn't mention Derek Gould's connection with the the Yankees and and Flaherty. But what I have been told is that the Cardinals are basically, and they did this with Hicks and they did it with Montgomery, they're sitting back and telling other teams, okay, what do you got? What do you give us? They, They aren't asking for particular prospects because they want to find out if teams are willing to part with prospects that the Cardinals didn't think might be available. So if somebody calls about Jack Flaherty, they say, okay, what are you offering up? For Jack Flaherty, mm-hmm. which isn't a, at this point, if you have a half dozen teams, to it's not a bad way to do business to have a bidding war. 
Well, I think the the chips that need to fall first is going to be Justin Verlander if he yeah. where he goes, and then if Dylan Cease is a person that is potentially being traded, those two guys are going to be on the list higher than Jack Flaherty. I don't, Jack is is he third on that list right now? Would would you say he is? Yeah, I would think so. Probably the third on the list. So you would want to know if you're one of those other teams what what New York wants for Justin Verlander, mm-hmm. what the the White Sox want for Dylan Cease, you would want to know that. And then you would reach out to the Cardinals. And that may be part of the delay in terms of why it's taking so long. With the Rangers, they already had gone and gotten Max Scherzer. So you didn't need another one. And yeah. th- th- there was no need for it. You can go get a Jordan Montgomery and say, hey, we're good with our rotation now. If you're looking for that top of the rotation guy, you're going to be looking at Justin Verlander and Dylan Cease first. And here's the thing. With Cease, you're probably giving up four high-level prospects like the Mariners did when they traded for for Luis Castillo last year, like the Red Sox did when they traded for Chris Sale. And obviously that's the way the White Sox are going to value Dylan Cease is maybe even a little higher than than Chris Sale. And the other part of this, like Cincinnati and Baltimore, they don't want to pay $43 million for Justin Verlander mm-hmm. next year. So that's a very select, maybe even pair of teams that's going to be in the Verlander sweepstakes in the Dodgers and the Astros. I really don't see other teams getting involved to that price because much like Scherzer, teams are going to want Verlander, if they're going to give up a lot for him, to opt in to that next year. Yeah. I With Dylan Cease, do you think that it's just that his name is just continuing to be out there, even though that there are reports that they aren't willing to move on from him, that there is still somewhat of an asking price for him? Because why is his name continually thrown out? I think it's for the same reason that the Cardinals won't, or, or at least didn't foolishly, uh, say that Nolan Arnauto wasn't available, or with Goldschmidt, because you never know if somebody will be stupid enough to give up a ridiculous package for you the You just guy. have to test the waters. Right. And then pretend like, oh, I don't know where they got that report yeah, from. But you, you do have to do. It, it. It is due diligence, right? You, you have to do due diligence. But if you're the White Sox, how are you going to find somebody that is going to approximate the value of Dylan Cease? It's going to be really hard to do. Well, they're clearly selling. I yeah. mean, they, they are. They, they <laughs> but he's got three years of control left. He's someone you build an organization. I agree. Continually I, I, but if you get the right price, I mean, you you are you going to be? When are they going to be good again? Would, would be the question. Well, the Reds lost a hundred games last year, uh, and they're yeah. battling for the division title this I year. I think that's a yeah. That's the, one the, of those. the Diamondbacks were terrible last year. I mean, it's ba- baseball's a sport where you turn it around in a hurry. Now tell that to the St. Louis Cardinals. They will. It's, they, they have. They did turn it around in a hurry, just in the wrong direction. <laughs> it went wrong quickly, <laughs> right? <laughs> I do firmly believe, and maybe this is just me buying into some of this. I do firmly believe that the Cardinals and John Mosellock won't let this be Mosellock's final, lasting part of his legacy. No. I think that they have to turn around quickly, and so your option is either to trade away a very you know, prize bat that you have a young bat like a Nolan Gorman or even we've seen Brendan Donovan, mm-hmm. his name floated out. Lars Newtbar, his name floated out there again. The, you're going to have to trade raid one of those in order to get a one or two starter or it's going to have to be spending a lot of money in free agency and it, it's probably going to have to be a combination of both. I fully believe and I hope that giving my trust back in because last offseason was very disappointing. I think we were all surprised that they didn't go out and get another starting pitcher. And in hindsight, you could say, well, the ones we were looking at were injured. But I do believe that they will not let this be the end of John Mosellock's no. legacy with the Cardinals. And I, I get the sense, 
And I think I can relate it to you two. I get, I get the sense that because Mo has never done this before, that he's kind of stimulated by it now, even though it's awful, it's terrible, but it's something new. And he's actually getting an opportunity now to build a system through something other than the draft. Brooke, you come over from the TV side. Carrie, when you had to leave football, even though it wasn't the best thing because you mm-hmm. wanted to play football forever, but you get into media, you get into coaching, and it, it kind of gives you a, a breath of fresh yeah. air. A boost of energy. It's something yeah. different. It's not the thing that you're accustomed to doing, but it's something that you can get you know, get as interested and, and as intrigued in and, and really uh, buy into as much as you did the other sport or the other job you had previously. I will say he did kind of look, it's always tough, and he mentioned that several times, it's always tough saying goodbye to players, but he did kind of look thrilled with the kind of unknown and trying to figure out putting all these different pieces together. There was a couple times where he cracked some jokes. Mm-hmm. With John Mose, like you know when things are tense, he's like very, very kind of guarded, but it's, it felt like he was ready to be kind of more open and honest about things and how he's approaching this. And by the way, I wasn't here yesterday, but uh, you guys may have talked about it. The overall response of the the people that have been in the industry, and you always take it with a grain of salt. There's a reason that Kylie McDaniel is a former MLB front office person. There's a reason that uh, that uh, Keith Law is a former MLB front office person. But the, the people that used to be in front offices that are paid to evaluate talent seemed to like what the Cardinals got. Yeah, I, I mean, they, they do. I guess my thing is, again, I need to actually see it perform mm-hmm. on a, in a major league stadium. I want to know that these guys, and maybe it's next year, maybe it's a year from, okay. from then, but eventually you need to know that you got something in return uh, that's going to help this team win some games in the future. And along those lines. That's one of the reasons that I want to see Matthew Libertor start 10 games because he's really young, but he just haven't, hasn't been given that consistent opportunity yet. I, regardless of what the results are, I want to see Libertor out there every fifth day for the rest of the season. And I kind of think I know what Dakota Hudson is. He's, he's going to walk a bunch of guys. He's going to keep you in games. He's going to be really inefficient and maybe give you five. But it wouldn't break my heart to see Zach Thompson get opportunities either to allow him and maybe you do. Maybe back of the rotation, after Michaelis and Wayno, you have the three lefties. Maybe it's Mats, Thompson, Libertor. But I think you need to find out about those guys because Libertor was rated a top five prospect. We you have to find out, out if they can yeah, play. Yeah, if that really, if that potential is eventually going to play. Yes. That's Kerry. That's Brooke. I'm Randy. Coming up, we're going to do puke point predictions for you. A high cost free agent or trading young talent, which is more likely for this Cardinal front office? That's next on 101 ESPN. Warm weather means homework for homeowners. And if your homework means a new deck, then turn to the deck experts at Hackman Lumber. Browse the largest inventory of decking materials and deck accessories in Missouri at Hackman Lumber Company. Talk with their experts about treated lumber, cedar, timber tech, trex, evergreen, and azek to find the best deck for you. Check out endless choices of railings, balusters, and LED deck lighting options. Hackman Lumber Company will not be undersold on in-stock decking materials guaranteed. You can choose to do it yourself with Hackman's expert advice, or they can recommend reputable contractors to do the work for you. Hackman Lumber is an authorized Yeti dealer and also stocks a large assortment of grills. So celebrate summer with a new big green egg, Weber gas, or charcoal grill, and all of the accessories from Hackman Lumber. Come visit their showrooms in St. Charles, Pacific, and Troy, Missouri, or online at hackmanstl.com. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, 
Quick strategic thinking is crucial, and with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. You're back to the Opening Drive Podcast on 101 ESPN. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers. If the Cardinals want to land, uh, you know, make a huge splash and get one of those number ones or number twos for their rotation, that's going to require parting with talent. They really don't want to. And when you look at the upsides of Brendan Donovan, Lars Newfar, Nolan Gorman, especially that power from the left side, you understand why they don't want to part with those guys. But that might be something they're going to have to do. Now, the alternative to that is spending. It's not like the Cardinals have spent a lot of money in the offseason on free agency. I know they like to operate as a small market team, but they certainly have the resources to do so. To me, it makes the most sense to go spend some of that money. That's Katie Wu of The Athletic here on BK and Ferrario here on 101 ESPN. And... (laughs) Wait, what? what? Oh, I thought you were saying that we were BK Ferrari for a second. Oh, I like it freaked Katie me Wu. out. No, no she, she was, was like, with no. them. She's a regular on, <laughs> on their program. I was like, that's not our intro, is it? No. no. <laughs> but it is an interesting dilemma for the Cardinals because they have never been in a position where they've gone out and acquired a number one starting pitcher. Chris Carpenter had been hurt, and he was an inexpensive free agent from Toronto. They get Adam Wainwright, who's a prospect. The Braves didn't want to give up Adam Wainwright, but for the Braves to get J.D. Drew, they had to give up Adam Wainwright. The Cardinals and Walt Jockety really wanted him. By the way, the presence of Adam Wainwright in that deal nearly blocked that trade from happening, but the Cardinals were able to get him. So the Cardinals have been able to find number ones under the radar. Now they need a a number one because this team should theoretically be ready to win now. So they're going to have to find a number one right now. Not that takes two years to heal like Chris Carpenter did or takes a couple of years to round into form like Adam Wainwright did. They need a number one right now. And as far as I'm concerned, there's only a few guys that fit that mold in Major League Baseball. Tyler Glass now, who is not going anywhere at the trade deadline for Tampa, but after the season, he's a prime candidate to be moved because of his years of service. You've got Dylan Cease, the the aforementioned Dylan Cease, and then you've got Aaron Nola in free agency. I, until I see the Cardinals spend 30 or $35 million a year on a player, I will refuse to believe that they would rather do that, spend that money on a free agent, than bring in a person from the outside by giving up a player that they really don't want to give up. I I think it's going to have to be a combo of both because you're going to need a one and two starter, right? Here's what I'm thinking right now is Michaelis is your number two and Mats fits into the equation. And one of the rookies is going to fit into the equation, whether it's Libertor, Libertor, Graceffo, McGreevy, Thompson, whatever. I, I think one of the guys is going to be on the back end. So you've got three and you need two. And you're probably looking at a one and a three. Maybe even a one or a four, depending on what Stephen Matz does the rest of the season. But the big expenditure is going to be that $30 million or more on a number one. I think you can find a number three and a four and get that guy for the same contract that you gave Stephen Matz, $44 million over four. Maybe it goes up to 48 over four to find the, the right guy. But 
for the Cardinals. The number one pitcher is the big guy. And I, I just don't envision them, and I wish they would, even though last week I gave evidence that none of the top four teams in Major League Baseball right now have a big money free agent starting pitcher, but you need it now. And so that's why I would hope that they would go out and sign a guy. I don't see the Cardinals spending money in free agency, and that has been my concern the entire time. So you're looking at, you talk about Puke Point, and Dylan Cease is a name that we we really like, right? That's a guy mm-hmm. that we think could uh, could be uh, uh, an ace for years to come. He's under club control. He, he'll be here for the next three years if we were to get him. But you're going to have to give up something in return. You talked about the 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 trade with the Braves. The Braves not wanting to release, let Adam Wayne right into that. They had to give up something, and it worked out pretty well for the Cardinals. Adam Wainwright has pitched for a long time for the St. Louis Cardinals, so clearly the Atlanta Braves understood that he was going to be really good. That's part of making the trade. If the Cardinals want to have a starting pitcher, an ace, which they need, and again, I, I think you got you got whoever the ace is, Miles Michaelis and Steven Matz right now. The unknowns are those young guys that you have no clue about. Matthew Libertor, you've seen. Dakota Hudson, you've seen. You're not thrilled about those guys being a fifth starter right now because they haven't shown it consistently enough for you to believe that. The Cardinals are going to have to lose something in return for an ace because I don't think that they'll be willing to go do that in free agency, and that's going to be Nolan Gorman. I don't think I don't even I don't think Lars Newbar meets the criteria for an ace pitcher. I think Nolan Gorman, Jordan Walker, who I don't think they're going to move mm-hmm. at all, but Nolan Gorman is the one name. I don't think Brendan Donovan. I think Brendan and, and Lars are kind of in that same second tier. Nolan Gorman is is all-star, 40-home run potential every single year, mm-hmm. and that's what you want if you're going to give up an ace pitcher. I have a question. How do you guys feel about how the Cardinals have developed young pitchers thus far? I, you can't feel good about it. When you look at – and part of it is injury, right, with guys like Flaherty and Reyes. And then you you look at how Libertor has come along, what's happened with the first-round pick like Zach Thompson of recent vintage – I'm not absolutely. I'm not thrilled at all with the way they've developed young pitchers. So then, my follow up would be: Why would you not go out and spend money in free agency? Because you're getting something where you at least know their stuff, where you're not going to have to develop that talent. There's two reasons, Brooke. Number one, because it does cost a lot of money. Why and, not? Well, Here, why not? Because especially this has but, been a weird year, right? You it have has. to do it because if you're going to keep Nolan Arenado and Paul Goldschmidt, you're going to go well, have to spend some more money. And it's above. It, it means more. For them to continue to draw 3.4 million fans, yeah. you've got to keep winning to draw 3.4 million fans. We're, we're talking about our puke point in terms mm-hmm. of who we would let go or who would have to go. You know what the puke point is for Mo and the Dewitts? 30 million, 40 yeah, million. Might be. <laughs> yep, might be. 30 yeah. what? Yeah, right. Like that, that. No, those words probably make them want to yep. throw the, up for a starting pitcher. But this is the picture. time, right? You can't. Well. You can have this one bad year, and I'm not going <laughs> to give them a pass. This was truly unacceptable. What happened this season? It's on the players. It's on everybody. The roster construction, all of that. You have to do something for next season. Mosaic's been saying that. So you're going to have to not only make more of these moves during the trade deadline, but you're also going to have to go into free agency and be willing to spend a lot of money. They did spend a lot of money on Wilson Contreras, so I know that they do have the capabilities. And to Katie's point, it's how they've spent the money and the quality and the return that they've been able to get out of it. As you mentioned, until a few days ago, the Cardinals had the third highest payroll for their starting rotation in the National League. Now, Here's the other point about spending money for 2024. 
Adam Wainwright, 17 and a half million coming off the books. Yes. Jordan Montgomery's $10 million off the books. Presumably Paul DeYoung's $9 million off the books. The money for uh, uh, Cabrera is is coming. That's like $4 million coming off the We're books. About $41 million right there. Yeah, and then you've uh, Chris Stratton was a couple million bucks. Oh, Cabby wasn't that much. Cabby was probably two. And Stratton is like one point. $45 million. Right, yeah. So there, there's money, money coming off the books that you can. For you one would, guy? That you, two guys. Yeah, that you could. Theoretically, and then raise your payroll that you could you could spend. I want to read this text because we're getting a lot of similar ones to it, and so I want to okay. get this out here. Even if you trade for an ace, you have to pay his salary unless he's already cost controlled. Why would you give away a huge bet and still have to spend huge money? Well, two reasons. Number one, young guys generally stay healthier, and number two is the Cardinals historically. I don't know why, but they've done better with trades than they've done with free agency. They're they're free agent track record is abysmal. I mean, it is terrible. When's the last, aside from Albert Pujols last year, when's the last time the Cardinals signed a great impact free agent? Maybe was it Carlos Beltran uh, after 2011? I think it might be. That might be their last really good free agent signing. So that's one thing I look at organizationally. Uh, it's just a trend. It's a, it's a bad trend. But then the other thing is, Glasnow's already been through his injuries. He's young. Cease is a young pitcher. I, I would prefer to have youth that has a chance to stay healthy and good for a long time. I wanted to say you, this, you, somebody, yeah. somebody texted and trading Gorman hurts more than Goldie. I don't agree with that. Yeah, I mean, essentially saying that you move Goldie for that pitcher and hopium on, on Gorman. Uh, uh, trading Gorman hurts more than trading Goldie. No, go gold. Goldschmidt is an MVP. If I'm not last time I checked, but he's an MVP. He's a free agent <laughs> next year. Oh, you, you, you will. He's not re- going anywhere. You will resign him. He's 37. He's, he's 35. He'll be 36 next year. I'm saying you'll be resigning him for his 37-year-old season. Year, the man deal. doesn't eat okay. sugar, Rocky. Okay. He's 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 still in he, he's he still in his out. peak. He's still but in his prime. Talk, but if we're talking out. we're talking about a risk adverse franchise. Isn't betting that a thir- uh, an MVP at 36 or 35 is still that level of player at 37? Isn't what that is, not what, being risk adverse? What has Paul Goldschmidt done to you to make you believe that he's not a very good player? He was born in like 1985. Like whoa, it's not his fault. Whoa. But you, got people, you got a problem with people born in the no, 80s? Right? It's just that's how whoa, math whoa, works. Whoa. I, again, I'm not the one who makes whoa. the math. I, I, but I'm, I guarantee I'm yeah. with you that I'm angry. We at learned it. this yesterday, mm-hmm. didn't we? You, 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 older people. Oh, the older, ageism. The, the ageism so, coming out of rocks. Yeah, so, so, me and so every GM in the yeah. 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 You guys are discuss. wrong. So you're telling me <laughs> says the thirty year old fullback that we done. You don't think that the Cardinals would be better off this year if they had Justin Verlander, Max Scherzer in their rotation? Yeah, they would be. How they're old are they? Thirty plus. But they'd be just. They'd be. No, 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 no. Just yes, they're older. Yeah, thank you. They're both pretty old. Thank you. Older mm-hmm. gentlemen still playing at their highest. But high. we were you, talking about them in 2025. Who was the Cardinals' best player last year? It was Paul Goldschmidt. And who was their second best player last year? <laughs> Nolan Arenado. And who was their third best player last year? Um, Number five? Albert Pujols, yeah. Somebody said, okay, somebody. <laughs> but Rock, we're not talking about this year. No, 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 we're talking you, about two years from Rock now. Does Rock have a burner phone? Because somebody just uh, texted in. Goldschmidt has been horrible since May 1st. Look at the splits. Gorman is way more valuable. Mm. Mm. Gorman had mm. a whole month where he didn't hit the ball. <laughs> yeah. 
It's I, I don't know if horrible is I the right word. I don't know that's the right word either. To describe him, I, I think people just uh, they they want this confirmation bias. The guy can play; he's the MVP, and everybody in baseball really appreciates the greatness and the consistency of Paul Goldschmidt. I think sometimes you don't realize what you have until it's gone, and people are wishing that he'd be gone. And just wait, just wait. I do find it interesting, yeah, that people just keep talking about Paul Goldschmidt and that being a possibility. I guess there's more reports that the Cardinals are at least fielding offers, but it's Mm -hmm. like what you said earlier. It's just them doing their due diligence. Same same with the reports with Nolan Arenado. Of course, they'll hear things. I think there's only two teams that would really have the financial means and he would agree to go. I don't even know if he, would he agree to go to San Francisco. I don't know. He's a family guy. He, you know, he's he, he he likes St. Louis. He's made St. Louis his home. I don't know. That's another thing. I wonder why these, you know, why you don't want these guys in St. Louis. It's weird to me. Uh, hey, Randy, we don't listen to everything everybody says. Okay, good. No. Uh, <laughs> by the way, one of the big trades, and it's really going to affect this National League Central pennant race, is the trade that the Reds made yesterday with Oakland for Sam. Mole. Yes, nice to mole you. Meet you. Nice to meet you, mole. Don't say mole. Stop. I said mole. Stop. Mole. Mole. Oh, shut up. Mole, 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 mole. <laughs> Sam Mole. And I'll remember the Reds. I, that's that's one say. of my favorite parts of that entire movie. <laughs> Carlos Santana. I really movie. hope. He, the guitarist. Oh. The, Carlos Santana. Yeah. He's moving. I thought you were going to say oh. that was the biggest trade. Oh. He was going to the Brewers. Oh, yeah, that was a couple days ago. Yeah, yeah that, that, that's a big if deal. If he plays the... Yeah, he's really that's good with that I mean, guitar if too. he's closing out a game in, 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 in like an away stadium, the entire fan base should just... Mole, 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 mole. Yeah. Yes, it's true. I do have a mole. <laughs> and yes, I understand that it's ironic that I am a mole. <laughs> Beautiful. Uh, coming up next year on 101 ESPN, get your text into the Air Comfort Service text line, 314-399-9646. 314-399-YOHO. Yo Take it or leave it coming your way next on 101 ESPN. You're back to the Opening Drive Podcast on 101 ESPN. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers. It's time for Take It or Leave It. Want to say something? Put it out there. If you like it, you can take it. If you don't, send it right back. Get your text into 314-399-9646. And give us your Take It or Leave It. Brought to you by Gloria Lou Realty. Visit GloriaHasTheBuyers.com and start packing. That's my final offer. Take it or leave it. Three one four three nine 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 six four six three one four three nine nine. Yo ho! Take it or leave it, kids. Nolan Arenado and Paul Goldschmidt both end their careers wearing the birds on the bat. I'm gonna take it. I'm gonna take it. I am too. Even though Matt Holiday did not. Yes. I'm gonna say that they do. Hmm. Part of me wants to leave it. I'm gonna leave it, and I'm gonna leave it because. If the Cardinals have a repeat next year of what this year looks like, Mm -hmm. Nolan is going to say it's time. So they better figure it out. And they better figure it out via pitching. Yep. Adding depth, paying people. Some of those younger guys better figure out how to to perform when the lights are the brightest. And every day that passes with that contract, (laughs) if Nolan Arenado decides he does not want to be here, the return for the Cardinals is going to decrease. There you go. 
uh, because he still hasn't won. He's got to do something to allow the team to win. And I, I think there was something to, I mean, he he wants to win a championship, yep. I'm sure. And I'm sure part of the reason why he didn't opt out was because he felt that they had an opportunity to be a very good team. Yep. His mindset, as most great players, they, they once you get paid, you want to win championships. That kind of seals, solidifies your legacy. I'm sure that that is on his mind. I'm sure it's on Paul Goldschmidt's, mm-hmm. Goldschmidt's mind as well. And if you were another player, if you're a free agent out there, and the Cardinals would have desired to move Nolan Arenado after what's happened with the Contreras. Do, are we still at kerfuffle or are we brouhaha? No, it's it's past. It's okay. kerfuffle brouhaha. Okay, it's, it's a something worse. Kerhaha. <laughs> but here's the thing: if you're a veteran player, CD, you, you know this better than us. But if you, if you're a player around baseball and the Cardinals. Nolan Arenado did a lot of work to try to get here in the first place and then opted out and left money on the table to stay. If they would have moved him and the whole Contreras thing, there's not a veteran player in the sport that would have trusted the Cardinals. They they would be looking at him sideways, wondering what they're doing Mm -hmm. over there. Unless you're going to pay me uh, an extremely extremely high amount of money, then then we can talk. But But, at that point, point, if all things are equal. Because the Mets are that team right now. Yeah. The, with Scherzer and Verlander and Canna, all those guys that made the move, and the, granted right. it was for a lot of money, but you go to a place so that you can have a level of security and stability. Yes. And I don't think veteran players right now are going to trust the Mets. So they'll take win, the money. And win championships, hopefully. Yeah. So uh, there's a little bit of drama in the NFL. Nathaniel Hackett took a stray shot from Sean Payton. Sean Payton said, Sean Payton, current head coach of the Denver, Denver Broncos, Nathaniel Hackett, former head coach of the Denver Broncos, Sean Payton said, what Nathaniel Hackett did was the worst coaching job in NFL history. <laughs> the mess he had to clean up. Take it or leave it. Sean Payton has never seen Steve Spagnuolo in the St. Louis Rams. Oh, I gotta take that. <laughs> I never thought of that. That's yeah. You gotta take that. He didn't yeah. see what happened here. He's just he was not paying attention. He's down in New Orleans, oblivious to what was going on with yeah, Spags right. in St. Louis. He was just beating them all the time. <laughs> That's a great point. But you know, here's the thing about. Peyton. Peyton watched all those practice tapes. He, he it, Peyton didn't walk in and say that blind. He, he not only saw the games and he saw... He wasn't lying. No, he was yeah. not. <laughs> he, he knew what was... He Nobody knows better what was going on in Denver last year right now than Sean Peyton does. I mean, when you get to a new place and you see how they did business prior to you getting there... He probably had so many questions. Why the hell did they do mm-hmm. that? What the hell is this? What is this? What is this practice? What is this? What does this do to help win games? And so he just spoke out and yeah. said it. And now he's just backtracking. He's backpedaling Didn't like Dion in the nineties. But you know, he's a. Uh, I wouldn't have. I just that's what I said it. Yeah, and it's, I didn't. It's lie. out there. It's out there. And we all saw it, Nathaniel. <laughs> Take it or leave it. Going trade deadline edition with this one. We haven't talked about enough, possibly a trade with a package deal with maybe a catcher and a reliever. Take it or leave it. Giovanni Gallegos might be on the move today. And maybe Andrew Kisner. Ooh, I'm going to leave. That. I'm going to leave that, too. You can't trade they your best case. catcher. No, oh, Randy. They feel they feel pretty good Randy. about Yvonne Herrera. Randy. They do. What did Wilson do to you? I'm just saying. <laughs> nothing. He stole nothing, $83 million, What Did he yeah, even ask for that? I, I believe the Cardinals may have offered that. I think it's not stole. stealing if somebody gives it to you. Yeah. Uh, but no, he didn't do anything to me. But I'm just saying, if you're the Cardinals, 
are, are do you feel safe in trading Andrew Kisner? If you, who's as good offensively you, uh, this year as Contreras? You might he, feel a little bit better because Yvonne Herrera. You Don't yeah. you think that he has looked great? Yes, I do. If, uh, but you know what? If let me go to the Yankees and say, "Hey, take Contreras in the contract." That's not <laughs> happening. There, that is not happening. Why isn't it? It's the, the Yankees, Contreras' fault. There's no way that he it's didn't happening. Didn't do anything. Do you know Party how? Do you know a, how what, terrible what did, that looks? What did they used to call it? This is uh, fake news. Yes, it's fake news. But here's the thing. The Cardinals, and this is their fault, they have given the perception to the public that Contreras is lacking, right? Uh, It it might not be his fault, but is it it ever going to change now? Is the thought about him ever going to change after what happened 33 games into the season? No, which is why sometimes, eh, never mind. It's just not. Violence is required in some instances. You know, sometimes, mm-hmm. you know, Ice Cube, when he was, uh, he didn't get paid for his record deal, he took a bat to the uh, records. And, uh, oh, yeah, and, yeah, yeah, yeah. And Wilson Contreras got plenty of bats. Yeah. Just go upstairs and start bashing stuff. Don't trade Kisner. He's the fun guy in the team. <laughs> he's, the, he's the fun guy? He's the guy. He's are, the are we doing personality he's hires now? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. No, I don't think that that matters. He's the captain. Uh, by okay. the way, kids. <laughs> you can find another one. NFL history. Oh, can I give you a stat here? Sure. NFL history, the two coaches that have worse winning percentage than Spags are Burt Bell, who owned the franchise, and Hugh Jackson. God dang. Ooh, how many years did Hugh coach? Hugh coached uh, seven? Uh, 56 games. Okay. Spags coached 41. Spags finished 11. with a Ooh. career winning percentage of 212. Hugh Jackson's 205. Burt Bell won 79. So, yeah, kind of a kind of scuffling there for Spags. Uh, for Spags. Struggling. Yep. Take it or leave it. We won't see win in the big leagues this year because they don't want to start his clock. Doesn't matter. Because if you start his clock now, you still have six full years of control after this. So it doesn't matter. Unless you're planning on not bringing him up until midseason next year, which I refuse to believe. There's no way that they would do that, right? Really? Well, who you, who's We've never gonna, seen that before. Who's going to play shortstop next year? Doug oh. DeYoung's not going to be here. Paul DeYoung. And his nine million. Who's, who's, who's going to play shortstop this year after you trade Paul DeYoung? Tommy Edmund. Tommy Edmund. That's your center fielder, guys. Come on now. Don't forget. <laughs> Come on. No. Isn't, isn't Lars your center fielder? Can yeah, you play okay. in O'Neill and left? Okay. Mm-hmm. O'Neill's still here, huh? He is going to be. He's he gonna is be still going to be here. Yeah. He's going to be your left fielder of the future. Hmm. I don't know. After he's these good, man. I don't know. When he's healthy. <laughs> that little yes. nugget, yeah. the, gold piece, uh, yep. the gold piece about... Um, about O'Neill, I thought was fascinating. Did you just give me a when Tyler O'Neill is healthy? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I like that. That's fun. It does. He looks, he after looks his, really good. After he's returned from the after his improvement is returned from the lineup, multiple teams are looking at uh, at Tyler O'Neill as part of a group of available outfielders. Interesting. Well, he, is too, he, he is a group of available. Yeah, there it is. Um, take it or leave it. You could eat fifteen mozzarella sticks in one sitting. Oh, I'm gonna take that. I'm gonna leave that. I love mozzarella show? sticks. That's ridiculous. <laughs> Oh, especially Sonic mozzarella sticks? Is this a challenge for ants? Oh, man. Uh, 15? That's it? That's that's nothing? Oh, I can easily crush that. Oh, yeah. Well, we're going to have to bring somebody 30, 45, 60. So, okay, Brooke, if we do a contest, I have to 
provide you a head start. So how how many of a head start? Why would I need a head start? Because he's because he's, I'm a big he fella. Ate a an entire chocolate bunny. Now I'm he almost a, I'm collapsed. I'm a fast eater, though. I'm a very okay. fast eater. Okay, so you don't you don't want any advantage? No. Okay, let's do this. I'm gonna okay. bring somebody bring thirty. I'm just gonna watch. I'll, I'll be the judge. Bring my, my, thirty. No mozzarella sticks. I, I, it wasn't it. very smart on my part. I will. I will grant <laughs> you I this. I wish we had video <laughs> you said of that. I think I think Michelle might have video. There, yeah, there is a video. video of you. Um, yeah, so for those that are uninitiated, uh, not this past Easter, but the Easter before. Michelle Smallman, who is, by the way, I think doing Carson and uh, Can- Canty. Carlin and Carlin Can- and Can- She's Candy doing the Carlin. afternoon show on ESPN Radio this week. She's awesome. Carson She's and Kelly. Yeah. <laughs> but she might be doing Greenie. We'll have yeah. to text and find out. But when, when you can hear her, uh, Michelle on ESPN Radio, we should just call her. Uh, but um, here's the thing. So she, she, as we all know, I like Reese's peanut mm-hmm. butter cups. And uh, she didn't think that I could eat a one-pound Reese's bunny in one hour on Good Friday. And not only did I pull it off, but then I did the rest of the show, too. <laughs> what did your doctor say when, when you did I didn't talk to the doctor. You, you didn't explain that to your doctor? <laughs> no, no. Your blood sugar spiked through the yeah. roof. You were... Uh, that was an- he had a high and then a, a complete low. That was an yeah. odd, it was an odd day. It was an odd day. <laughs> one last one. This is from Marsh's burner, not mine. Okay. Take it or leave it. Gorman will hit more home runs and have more RBIs than Goldie over the next two years. I'll take that. I'll take it over the next two years. But that, but the, but, no, but the real question is what uniform is Gorman doing that in? I don't think oh, that matters. Okay. They aren't getting rid of Gorman. Well, it does kind of matter when you have your catcher DHing and also Walker DHing. I, so they are going to pay $30 million for a pitcher. I'm going to leave it. Because of that? No, I, because I think, <laughs> I think that. Paul Goldschmidt will have more RBIs. He might not have more home runs, but he he's a Gorman is a he's a swing and miss. Power yeah, he's gonna yeah. swing or he's gonna miss. Yep. Thank you, Matthew. <laughs> Thank you, Randy. Coming up next on 101 ESPN. If today's trades bring more prospects, are you confident that the Cardinals can compete next year? That's next on 101 ESPN. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. You're back to the opening drive podcast on 101 ESPN. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers. A fresh perspective on the day's top stories. It's the opening drive's fresh take. Brought to you by Schnucks Rewards. Reward yourself. Earn 2% back on every purchase with the Schnucks Rewards app. Seems safe to say, based upon the way the trade deadline deals have gone so far that the Cardinals aren't going to get a starting pitcher in exchange for one of their free agents to be. Paul DeYoung, uh, Jack Flaherty, any combination, or even Dylan Carlson. Just doesn't seem like that's in the card, so it seems like more prospects would be on the way. With that being the case, with a lot of prospects, even with ETAs of 2024, can the Cardinals compete in the NL Central 
or even for the National League Championship Series next year with all these prospects? Well, you're obviously going to have more than prospects is what I'm gathering from this. Of course, we'll have to see how the rest of the trade deadline goes today because you have either option A or B, and Katie Wu mentioned this as well earlier in in the show when we played that from BK and Ferrario. If you are going to go with option A, which is that you're going to give up a young bat that is highly coveted that you think in your system, then maybe you could possibly get back in return a two starter. I don't know about a number one starter at the trade deadline with that. Possibly depending on who, if it's a Gorman, you would hope you would get something high in return, like a nice starter. But if they don't do that today, then you're going to have to dedicate to spending money in free agency for a one and two starter. You are no doubt about it. So if but, right now, there's no way that I, I don't well, think that feasibly we'd be like, yes, this is what it's going to look like moving forward for the starting rotation for next season. I don't think you can plan on it. What you have to hope is that you get a little bit lucky. That's my opinion. Can the Cardinals compete? Theoretically, yes. But can the Cardinals be considered a preseason favorite next year if that's their situation? No. But just look at the Reds this year. I mean, the Spencer Steer played first base with Votto Hurt. He was a top 20 player in baseball. Matt McClain, their shortstop, has been one of the best shortstops in the National League, and he's a rookie. They've got an incredible work, out of, obviously, out of uh, L.A. De La Cruz. They just called up Christian Encarnacion Strand, and they really haven't pitched that well until the last several weeks. So if the question is, can the Cardinals be in the race, it's a resounding yes, but would we expect them to be in the race? Did anybody expect Cincinnati to be in the race this year? No, they're going to have to get lucky. They, the Cardinals are going to have to go get some some established guys. And, and I want to give you some numbers. Randy, 20,365 people. Mm-hmm. You know what that number is? What's that? The number of people that have played a Major League Baseball game as of June 1st, 2023. 20,000 people. How mm-hmm. many people are there in the world, Randy? Uh, about six billion or so. Right, mm-hmm. Seven point eight billion 7. in twenty twenty one. Last time I checked, okay. that that tells me that if they ain't done it, chances are they may not be able to do it. You definitely want guys that are established that can that have shown that they the capability of doing it, that have shown the capability of sustaining a long career, a successful career. It is hard as hell, and I'm not saying okay. that none of these guys. I'm not saying I'm, I'm not saying that none of these guys won't pan out. But you don't know. There are mm-hmm. more that don't pan out than those that do. Right. And if you're banking on prospects, guys that you haven't seen, guys that have not done it yet in their career, you are a, it could potentially be fool's gold. And you could be, be potentially in this same exact spot as you are this year looking at the 2024 season. And that's my whole, that's my whole concern is finding guys that have actually done it to a level that gives you confidence. Even if they don't have success, that you, you know their track record has shown you that they have done it. Now, some of these younger guys are going to have to get opportunities. It has to happen. But at the end of the day, you can't rely solely on prospects and say, this is going to make our team better for 2024. And by the way, you were just referring to pitching here, right? Because the offense is fine. Yes, I'm, I'm just referring to pitching. I'm, I'm, yeah. I'm talking about the pitchers. My my whole thing is I get what you're saying about the prospects, of course, because you're high on hopium. That's what we like to say, right? Yeah. You're high on hopium. You're high on um, potential. There's no telling. And not all of them are going to pan out, right? You, It's the unknown and the uncertainty, especially with young pitchers and how they're going to develop. I do have that fear and concern because of what we have seen, what we we talked about earlier, if the Cardinals will be able to develop them. But here's the thing. 
Just say, theoretically, that for whatever reason, the same starting rotation that we saw this season, they were able to keep Monty, Flaherty, Matts, even though he's been kind of bouncing back and forth, all that stuff. Did you feel confident in the starting rotation going into next season that they would be able to somehow figure it out no. and do better? I so you they, have I to, had confidence you have this to. year. Yeah, I, I thought they, they didn't do it. But here's the thing is they had expiring contracts. So let those guys go and get something returned, I think, is valuable. It also bolsters a little bit of your depth. Your depth. You can't just let those guys walk away. I, I'm in a, a 100% in agreement to that. But what I'm saying is you also can't go into next season without going to get a starter, an ace. Two or three guys that you know have done it in the major leagues that are on your roster. Because yes. if you are relying solely on just Miles Michaelis as a guy who has done it, Steven Matz as a guy who has done it, and then you're looking to Mon- uh, uh, McGreevy, Graceffo, Libertor, Dakota Hudson, Zach, Zach Thompson, you got the, the uh, Takoa Roby. You got guys that haven't done it consistently yet. That is going to put you in the same position, potentially, maybe even worse than what you are in right now. If they are unwilling to spend money in free agency, they are going to be in trouble. If they are unwilling to part with a Nolan Gorman and go get an ace, they are going to be in trouble. And they are, and we will be having this same conversation this time next year at the trade deadline. So your biggest fear, you would say, is more of how they're going to spend the money in free agency and if it's going to be done correctly. And that's what you were saying, if Randy, because of their money. history. Yeah. Right. Yes. They have to spend willing, money. No, they don't have to but do nothing. Here's the, other, here's the other part. They have to answer the question, why can't they make young pitchers better? Hennessy yes. Cabrera has been in four games with Toronto. He has not allowed a run. He's allowed one hit in five innings. He struck out five. Why is it that Henesis Cabrera is not good enough for the Cardinals, but he goes to Toronto and dominates? Change of scenery, change of philosophy, change of mindset of the people around you. When you have the trust of your coaches, you can do just about anything. You already have the talent because you're there. You've proven yourself to be uh, uh, capable of making it to the big leagues and staying. When you have the trust of the people around you, your performance skyrockets. And so I think it's a a trust factor with, you know, those guys must believe that he's capable of doing great things and they're trusting him and he believes it as well. Well, it seems like the Cardinals should have been able to take advantage of that. Would have been would have been pretty cool. And we just see it again and again and again with young players leaving St. Louis and then thriving elsewhere. That's Carrie. that's Brooke, I'm Randy, and that is your Fresh Take here on 101 ESPN. Coming up, it's time for Bird Watch. Stick around. You're back to the Opening Drive Podcast on 101 ESPN. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers. We're flying down to the field to give you the latest on your St. Louis Cardinals. This is Bird Watch on the Opening Drive. It is time for Bird Watch. Brooke, what do you got? Well, we're doing Bird Watch trade deadline. Yes. Dun, dun, dun. What we're watching for. (laughs) What my bird is watching for is Dylan Carlson to the Yankees. I still think that that is very feasible. There's an article last night talking about how the Yankees are still looking for some outfield help. Now, there are some familiar names that they're also considering. Tommy Pham. Former Cardinal. 
than Lane Thomas. Former Cardinal. Which is interesting. But mm-hmm. something in the favor of Dylan Carlson and Lane Thomas, or you could say working against them, is that they do have a little bit more control left than Tommy Pham. Tommy Pham would be a rental for them. Yeah, totally. He's had a good year, though. He has had a good year. He ain't stabbed anybody, has he? No, he hasn't no. been stabbed. He, he's been stabbed. he's, he's the one that always him. gets did he, stabbed. Did he punch anybody yet for fantasy Not football? Yet. Fantasy football is around the corner, so we got yeah. time. He's got he's got time for that. Okay. You never know what you get with Tommy Fam. That is I like Tommy. He, I, 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 I like I like guys that are, are aggressive. Like that. Yeah. yeah. He's yeah. very he's very Not interesting. Don't let nobody do nothing to him. I just remember do you remember when he got hit in the head? You know what I'm talking about? Mm-hmm. Like during the game or something like that. I can't remember exactly what happened. And we go to talk to him in the clubhouse afterwards. Oh yeah. And he was super serious and he was like okay, you guys got two minutes. And he was like, I got a clock going. And then he was like watching us and he was like, one more question. Like just counting down like the minutes to it. He was always very, very yeah. intense I, he, is the best way to describe it. I, I think when he got, it was when he got hit by a pitch. Yeah. This is nothing. I've been stabbed. Yeah. <laughs> you learn a lot about people. But that's what I'm watching. That's what my bird is watching. I think there still is a potential with Dylan Carlson to the Yankees. But there are some other names out there. So my bird watch, and I, I preface this by saying that I do not think or want this person to be traded. Uh, However, in my in the last segment, I mentioned that if the Cardinals are going to go into next season with prospects and two starting pitchers that have done it at the professional level, going to be in a world of hurt. Going to be a lot of trouble potentially on the horizon. So with that being said, I'm looking at you, Nolan Gorman. If the Cardinals want to make a big splash at the trade deadline, want to make a big splash next season before the season starts, trading a player for an ace, it would have to be someone like Nolan Gorman. Again, I think he's one of the top tier on this Cardinals team in terms of guys that they can get the most back for a player going to another team. It would be Nolan Gorman. It would be Paul Goldschmidt, it would be Nolan Arenado, and it would be Jordan Walker as four guys that are going to give you that ace in return. Don't think any four of those guys should be traded. I don't think Nolan uh, Arenado or Goldschmidt will be traded, and I don't think you trade Jordan Walker because his upside is what it is. He's going to be a superstar as well. Nolan Gorman, maybe, because a lot of teams want a left-handed bat, and if you want an ace— that would be the person that would get it for you. It wouldn't be Brendan Donovan. He, he don't even know if he needs Tommy John surgery. He's got a got an elbow issue. Issue. It won't be Tommy Edmond. He doesn't have a great arm if he's playing center field. He's a great second baseman, but you don't pay that for a starting pitcher. And it won't be Lars Newbar because as great as he is, he's not Nolan Gorman. So if you want something in return, the Cardinals want an ace at the trade deadline. It would be a Nolan Gorman going to another team. I'm scared by that. I don't think it should happen. The, I don't think that's an ideal you situation. Don't. You were you were the first to jump on that. I do not yeah. think it's ideal, but you are not getting an ace for Brendan Donovan, Tyler O'Neill, mm-hmm. Paul uh, Paul DeYoung. Um, you are Dylan Carlson. Who else are they? Brent, um, Tommy Edmond. You're not going to nope, get an right. ace for any of those guys. You'll get an but ace for Nolan Gorman. I think the only ace that might that could possibly be traded at this deadline is Cease. Only one. Possibly. And, uh, and here's another. Because everybody else is good. Here's the thing, Carrie, too, is that 
you do have to figure out some of these log jams for next season because I was joking about it earlier, but it is quite a concern with what they're going to do with yep. Wilson Contreras and the DH position. Left and field. then if you keep Gorman around, he's DHing. And then you have Jordan Walker DHing because for whatever reason, they don't want to give Walker full reps in the outfield, even though they are doing a fire cell right now, which they're fully aware of. Why not give him as many reps as possible? So you do have to figure out and clear up some of these log jams because I think Nolan Gorman, if he does go somewhere, he will be a superstar because he's going to be able to get more consistent at-bats. As an aside, and by the way, I don't know what's happening over at the ballpark these days, but remember when Joe Madden said that if his team was struggling fundamentally, he would bring him out early and have like a mini spring training? I hope that Jordan Walker is coming out every day to work with Willie McGee at 2 in the afternoon. Is. Yeah, so he'll, he'll get better athletically. He, he will. He's really good. He's a, an extraordinarily smart person. Jordan Walker is going to be a good Outfielder, I have no worries about can him I, in the outfield. Can though. I can I give you one more uh, suggestion? Sure, leave him in. Yeah, what the hell play. you keep Every taking him out? Every day. What the <laughs> hell are you playing for? What the yeah. hell are we? This ain't the damn playoffs. No. This ain't. What are we doing? Yeah, you taking him? We're up four zero. We're gonna get him yeah. out of the game. So, huh? Let him play. Let, Let him play. play. Let, Let him play. play. Let, Let him play, play. Okay, we got every, day. We every day. Defensive every day. Any defensive substitutions, right? To win games. To win games, right? That's what you want to do, Kay. You want to win games. For, for participation trophies. In the division. What the hell are we doing? What the hell are we doing? Getting that lottery? Then leave him in if that's the case. What the hell are we doing? You, you I'm the me, Mavericks, huh? baby. They, they obviously see something we don't, Carrie. Clearly. <laughs> oh, we've got more? Did you do yours? It, uh, no. Putting uh, on I, here today. Yeah. What kind of a show are you guys putting on there here? There we today? go. There it is. <laughs> so, uh, guys, here's the thing for me with my bird watch. I, I do like prospects and I like trading for prospects, but I need to maximize those prospects every year during the 80s. I hate to go back to Whitey Herzog all the time, but Whitey's in the Hall of Fame. There's a reason for it. But. 1982, they bring up Willie McGee, and he is maximized. 1983, they bring up Danny Cox, and he is maximized. 1984, they bring up Terry Pendleton, he is maximized. 1985, they bring up Vince Coleman, and he is maximized. 1986, you bring up Todd Worrell, and he is maximized. Every year, there was a young player that came that they got the best out of. Why is it with the Cardinals that Giovanni Gallegos has descended his quality of pitching has deteriorated that a guy like Andre Pallante isn't as good as he was last year that a guy like Cabrera pitches well last year moves over to Toronto and pitches well a guy like Zach Thompson can start the season hot as a flame and then his abilities well not his abilities but his production deteriorates why is it that all of these young players not all of these young players Nolan Gorman is really good <laughs> Uh, many of the position players are, are performing at a high level, but especially the pitchers. Why are they, Matthew Libertor, maybe example A, why are they able to produce better at the minor league level or elsewhere? Or why do they descend? Why don't we appear to be maximizing pitching? That's the question I want. I, I love going out and getting all these good young arms. I really like what I read about what the Cardinals got. But are the Cardinals going to be able to maximize them, find a way to maximize them? You have to instill confidence in young players. You have to instill the confidence that they can go out there and fail and not be pulled, that they can go out there and make a mistake and it's not going to be punitive for them. And and when a player understands, okay, 
it's still the same game that I've been playing since I was six years old, since I was 10 years old. It's nothing changed. The dimensions, you know, the, the, the field doesn't change now. The stadiums are bigger mm-hmm. the further you go. But the older you get and the more you play the game, the easier it becomes. You have to instill that confidence in those young players to go out there, make mistakes, and we're still with you. We're still riding with you. And, Kerry, that's huge because that's one thing that Whitey instilled in young players. Totally. But I also think young players need a game plan to win with. And I'm not absolutely convinced that the young players that arrive on the scene here are are armed with a game plan to win with on a regular. The Cardinals as much as admitted that when they talked about some of the pitch, the, the fact that Contreras didn't know the pitchers well enough. I don't know if Kisner does, but... I've seen these guys perform. I know they can perform. Why aren't they performing at a consistently high level? That's a question that I want well, answered. And that's why you ask the questions of maybe there's something they need to, one, they've already talked about changing pitching philosophy. Mm-hmm. I think that something needs to change with the coaching staff as well. There's, And maybe you don't rehome anybody, as we like to say. We're, we're not asking for anybody to be fired. Maybe you don't rehome, but you add in some more pieces right. where supplement. you have, yes, supplement instead of rehoming, or you rehome too. I don't know. Because hey, something is not bother me. something is not working out this <laughs> right. season, and it's not translating well, well out in the field. There's There seems to be some sort of disconnect. Has to be fixed. Yes, it feels like there are maybe some silos between. And it's not Wilson no. Contreras, and, no, no, and that's no. and that's what and no. that's the thing is that that's what ha- mm-hmm. it has felt like that was put on. That is bigger yeah. than Wilson Contreras. And I don't know what the communication level is between Ollie and his staff and the minor league staff, but it does seem to me that if you have Matthew Libertor throwing ninety six ninety seven, Adam Wainwright watched him throw ninety six ninety seven in Memphis. And he comes up here and he's 92, 93, 94. Why don't you make the phone call? Okay. You can use that phone to actually talk to people too. You don't have to just text. Make the phone call and find out what maximized Matthew Libertor at Memphis that maybe isn't maximizing him here. Pride. That makes sense. That's why you don't make a phone call. You got you got to you, you got to tear down those silos. You got to you got to be willing to ask questions. Yep, no doubt about it. Do we need a fighter? We do. We, we need a fighter for the fight. Carrie, thank you for taking care of the fight yesterday. Yeah. yeah. That's what you got. It, was, it, was, an it was a close That's one. Okay. It was yeah. an OT. Yeah, we don't ask. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. Wins and losses. You, you win the Super Bowl by one point with, <laughs> yes, on a right? with toes in the end zone, right? <laughs> it's, still, it's, it's a Super Bowl victory. And if you're in Arizona, um, he did score, just yes, so you know. he did. <laughs> people, people say it's a game of inches, and Carrie walks around and like, you know that. Yeah, the, the fight is next on 101 ESPN. You're back to the opening drive podcast on 101 ESPN. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers. Welcome to the fight. In the red corner, average Joe Listener. And in the blue corner, the undisputed king of morning drive. Please welcome Randy Carricker. Welcome back to the opening drive. I'm Kerry Davis, joined by Brooke Grimsley, and it is time for the fight. And our fighter today is Scott. Scott, how you doing? Good, Kerry. Good. Scott, you should have called in yesterday. You could have took on me instead of Randy. How you feel? Well, Kerry, I'll be honest with you. I am a lifelong Illinois season ticket holder. There you go. All right. And and uh, you know, I was hoping maybe for an Illinois football question at some point. Right, today, that's but... on. That's on. That's on Rocky L. Come on, give it to him. I L L. 
I-N-I. There it is. You were going to let it go past, uh, no, were you? Come on. No, no. <laughs> All right. Well, Scott, I'm rooting for you now. So let's, uh, let's show these Mizzou folks how we do business in Illinois. Yeah, just like we did in the MicronPC.com. There you Virginia, go. Yes. 1999. All right. Let's roll. Kick their butts, if you know what I mean. All right, here we go. London, London Fletcher spread his amazing career across three franchises, which is the only one he collected Pro Bowl appearances for. Was it the Washington football team, Redskins, Commanders, the St. Louis Rams, or the Buffalo Bills? I think it was, I think it was Washington. All right, Scott, which relief pitcher was included alongside Alan Craig in his trade to the Red Sox? Was it Mitchell Boggs, Joe Kelly, or Tyler Lyons? Oh, um, to the Red Sox. I believe it was Mitchell Boggs. Which Rangers pitcher was part of both the Tatis Clayton deal in 90, 1998 and the 2011 World Series? Is it Levon Hernandez, Octavio Dotel, or Darren Oliver? Darren Oliver. Almost yeeted my laptop over here on ice. (laughs) Almost dropped it. Okay, Scott, final question. On this day in 1985, the Cardinals pulled off the rare feat of stealing four bases on one pitch with which two outfielders combining for a double-double steal. Was it Andy Van Slyke and Vince Coleman, Ozzie Smith and Tommy Herr, or Vince Coleman and Willie McGee? I remember McGee was one of them, so it's got to be Coleman and McGee. I'm pretty sure. All right, we will double-check our score, and then we will bring in Randy Carricker. Scott, how you feel? Uh, okay. okay. All right, well, that, that's, that's, that's better than most, I will tell you that. Most people are, uh, you know, they're terrified once they get on these airwaves and <laughs> have to take on Randy Carricker because Randy is a, he's a menace against guests. And he enjoys it. He look at that smile. He's he already put on. ready. He, he, he had a day of rest too. Uh oh, not a day of rest. Well, yes, I mean a day, a day of rest from the fight. He's he's loading up his machine. He already. I was doing stuff for the kids. You were, and you were golfing. That's not resting. Just win, baby. Oh, 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 wow. Randy, say hello to Scott. Scott, good morning. How are you? Good, good. I got to be honest with you, Randy. He's a season ticket holder for the Illini. I'm on his side today. I-L-L. I and I. There you go. I'm ready to roll. So you're used to losing. <laughs> <laughs> Get him, Scott. Hello, Let's go. Randy. 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 is there. He's turning it around. Wrong. Let's yeah, go. <laughs> 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 oh, my God. Nothing last year than anything else. We're ready. All right, Randy. Here we go. All right. London Fletcher spread his amazing career across three franchises. Which is the only one he collected Pro Bowl appearances for? <laughs> Hail to the Redskins. Hail victory. Braves on the warpath. Fight for old D.C. I'll go with the Washington Redskins. CD. That was beautiful. Which relief pitcher was included alongside Alan Craig and his trade to the Red Sox? That would have been our buddy Joe Kelly, Alan Craig, and Joe Kelly for John Lackey. Oh, crusty. Yeah. <laughs> Which Rangers pitcher was part of both the Tatis Clayton deal in 1998 and the 2011 World Series? That would have been Darren Oliver, right? It was uh, Tatis and Todd Stottlemyre for Royce, or no, Tatis and. Uh, 
No, we got Tatis. We got Tatis and Oliver in exchange for Stoudemire and Clayton. That's what it was. And then Oliver wound up back with Texas against us in the World Series. Yes. On this date in 1985, the Cardinals put off, pulled off the rare feat of stealing four bases on one pitch. Favorite play of all time. With which two outfielders? <laughs> should I even finish this? With which two outfielders combining for a double double steal? It was the best. It was and so it was Vince Coleman on second and Willie on first. Vince steals third. Willie steals second. So you got the double steal, and then nobody's covering home for the Cubs. So Vince steals home, and Willie goes to third. So you had a double double steal. Vince Coleman and Willie McGee. That was. It was. I think Jack might have said, "It's a circus out there." It was great. <laughs> it was so. Uh, Vince Coleman and Willie McGee to answer the question. I'm not sure Randy got that last one right. So I think th- this fight could be trouble for Randy. I think that last one. Mm-hmm. I'm really. I don't know. It's kind of. Uh, I'm there on it. So awesome. <laughs> it was so Cubs to have nobody covering home plate. Was number four, which he clearly didn't know. Was that enough for Randy Carricker to take down Scott in the fight? Or are we going to have a round two on a hump day ring? That barrel. Go crazy, folks. Go crazy. The winner and still champion of the fight, Randy Carricker. The fight is presented by Golf Discount of St. Louis. With the most experienced club fitters in town. Why shop anywhere else? Just win, baby. We're on to Cincinnati. I'm sorry, Scott. Uh, you heard Mr. Buck, and that means Randy Carricker got the jack. He beat you 4-3 to three on this day. Well, thank you all. Appreciate the, the opportunity. Thank you very much you, for playing. You, I mean, yeah, good job, very Scott. impressive it. showing, Scott. Unfortunately, though, when Randy says that's my favorite play ever, you just kind of got to toss your hands up and just uh, <laughs> pat yourself on the back because it was a good attempt. Again, three out of four, not bad. Let's go through those answers. You already heard him for Randy, but just in case, Ronald Fletcher spread his stalwart career across three franchises, and it was the Washington football franchise, the only one that he pulled in his four pro bowls and his two second-team all-pros, which relief pitcher was included alongside Alan Craig in his trade to the Red Sox. It was, in fact, Joe Kelly. It was Darren Oliver, a lot of odd history with the Cardinals and the Rangers as part of the Tatis and Royce Clayton deal in 1998 and the 2011 World Series. And on this day in 1985, the Cardinals pull off a double-double steal, stealing four bases on one pitch. Randy's favorite play ever, and it was, in fact, Vince Coleman and Willie McGee who pulled it off. A 4-3 win for Randy Carricker. <laughs> Scott, thank you so much for joining the show and joining the fight today. Uh, thank you. Thanks, Scott. Should I play that again? What are the ch- Yeah. Or this one. All I do is win, 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 no matter what. Win, 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 win. I can do that. Randy. What? I'm winning. I'm winning. We'll, we'll do this. It's, we'll, we'll do it on uh, on Hump Day tomorrow. Get your popcorn ready. You know what it does to me when it, when you when you, we read the question and your first response is, oh, that's one of my favorite things that's ever happened. So here's the thing. It's just mm-hmm. just like, oh, best. okay, just completely just. I know you're getting the question right. 314 oh. stolen bases. My, your most. Hey, Somebody you're said just right, another well, I gotta loss change the for the Illini. <laughs> that hey. is so mean. Why? Also, also, I have to change. Hey, it. listen. I told you our rule, Randy. We mm. would lose. We didn't lose twice in a day. Randy, uh, <laughs> Randy, you, Randy, you just said a number. Can you do me a favor and read the tiebreaker question for today? Oh, yeah, sure. The tiebreaker. Read the tiebreaker uh, question, question for today. Are you freaking uh, the, kidding that me? That 1985 Cardinals squad holds the Cardinals live ball record for stolen bases by a team. How many stolen bags did the 85 Cardinals have in that regular season? And indeed, it was 314. 
Vince had 110. Willie won the MVP with 56. Do you remember that because it's 314? No, I remember it because they stole 314 bases. <laughs> <laughs> I'm telling you, and I, I feel bad for people that didn't get an opportunity to see it because it was, it was baseball. the best baseball anybody has ever seen was the Cardinals and the Mets in the mid-'80s. It was the best ever. And we've got a kid, by the way, that steals bases. And here's just a couple of things about uh, Let me give you two things about 1985. Number one. People around the country were saying that Whitey Herzog, because Bruce Sutter had left as a free agent, was going to be the first manager fired. And Whitey was aware of that. And so he developed, for the first time, people think Tony La Russa de- deserves credit. No, it's Whitey. He developed a bullpen by committee. And he had people like Bill Campbell and Jeff Lottie uh, and uh, Ricky Horton and, and Ken Daly down there. And it was truly a bullpen by committee. Didn't matter who closed on a particular day. The other part of that was early in the season... The Cardinals have a bunch of injuries, and they call up Vince Coleman for a day game against the Expos. And Vince is brought into Whitey's office, and Whitey said, we're going to keep you here for a couple of weeks, and then you're going to be back down to the minors. And Vince said, I'm not going anywhere. (laughs) (laughs) And he came up, stole a couple of bases, stole a million bases by the time two weeks were up, and uh, he stayed and obviously sparked that team to 101 wins. And when he got hurt, they lost their opportunity to go to the World Series, Mm. or to win the World Series. They went to the World Series but didn't win it. It was a fun year, though. Was, that was my favorite season. Even though the Cardinals didn't win the World Series, that journey was awesome. It, it was the best. That was the fight here on 101 ESPN. Coming up, Claves is going to join us. He was over at the Ted Savage Golf Tournament to benefit Cardinals Care yesterday. Claves joins us next on 101 ESPN. You're back to the Opening Drive Podcast on 101 ESPN. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers. The MLB trade deadline is at 5 o'clock this afternoon. The Cardinals do play tonight, and the Cardinals still have some players that theoretically could be packing their bags by the end of the day, most notably Jack Flaherty and Paul DeYoung, who are both going to be free agents. It's interesting that uh, the Cardinals and Blue Jays have completed two deals here, the Henesis Cabrera deal and then the Jordan Hicks deal. And General Manager Ross Atkins of the uh, of the Blue Jays told reporters, and this is in Derek Gould's piece today at stltoday.com, that he and the Cardinals did exchange bigger concepts and talked about several of their players, as is usually the case. I, I just never thought about this until now, but how about watching a Blue Jays playoff game where you have Cabrera in the eighth and Hicks in the ninth? <laughs> Oh, CD, you mentioned that yesterday. Yeah, they're going to yeah. be awesome. Yeah. Watching them in the playoffs. Mm-hmm. And Cardinal Red. They're going to do great. They're yeah. Not, they're no, it's have... Blue Jay Blue. Oh. Still birds. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, well, yeah. it'll be a bird watch for real. It will. Let's go to the celebrity <laughs> line. And it was great to see Mike Claiborne yesterday at the Ted Savage golf tournament that the uh, folks at Cardinals Care put on to benefit Cardinals Care. Claves, good morning. And it was good to see you. How are you doing? I'm great, and, uh, but I haven't been traded yet. I'm waiting. Now, I'm you're waiting not, you are you are not getting dealt. You are you, you sure? you're an untouchable. You know why? Because it's a lack of skill. That's, <laughs> so that's the uh, only reason why they get traded: lack of skill. Uh, I asked these guys earlier. My take it or leave it was: uh, Jack Flaherty and Paul DeYoung suit up for tonight's game. Take it or leave it. Leave it. Yeah, I'm, I, 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 I did too. I don't see either one of them being here. 
Well, following up with that, Klaibs, are you surprised or not surprised that Jack Flaherty hasn't been moved yet? And based off of that answer, I'm anticipating that you think that he will be moved here soon. Well, you know what, I, Brooke, it's, it's a great question. I just think that in this situation, they're probably just holding on as long as they can to get as much as they can. Because I think now that teams have seen what the landscape looks like as far as who's trying to load up, and then all of a sudden you have to look at those teams and look at their assets. Do they have the assets that you want? So the longer you wait, the either the better the deal can be, or you have to be careful where you don't want to be standing there without a chair when the music stops. And so it's, it's a two-way street for this reason. You either get what you want, and you keep him, and you qualify him, okay? When the season's over, you qualify him. So, you know, you can qualify him and then, you know, pay him for a year and then still be able to move him. So I, I think the Cardinals are in a great situation. And I think Jack is too because either way, you know, it's going to work out for both sides. Clay, what is your confidence that the Cardinals can get an ace either at the trade deadline or via free agency next year? Oh, man, Kerry, you know what, man? I just don't know. And here's the reason why, because I don't know how many aces are out there. You know, the, 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 that, that term has changed. Uh, we, we used to think was an ace was a guy who would go eight or nine innings, you know, and, and just really be durable and be tough. Now we, I, we think an ace now is six innings, maybe seven. And, you know, it, it, it's just a different definition, in my opinion, on what an ace is. And I'm not believing that you need to have an ace. I think you have to. I think you really need two twos, two number twos in your rotation, because if you get in the postseason, that's what you're going to have to have: two guys who can get you through seven innings, you know, and and not necessarily be shutout pitchers, but make it tough on the other guy. And and I think that whole the whole dynamic of that position is is changing as we speak. There's no doubt about it, Mike. And you just look at the best team in the National League, Atlanta. They have two second-year 24-year-olds that are leading their rotation. Strider is an ace. He's established 11-3. and He's thrown 123 innings. He's struck out 199. But then their, their number two pitcher, Bryce Elder, 8-2. and two. Uh, But he has only struck out 89 and 121. But an ace, like you said, doesn't give you as many innings as he did before. But he just needs to take the ball. And that's a big thing with those guys. They have three players that have taken the ball all year long, Spencer Strider, Bryce Elder, and Charlie Morton, the, the grizzled veteran. Yeah, and you know what, Randy? It's funny you say that. You talk about Strider. The guy has how many innings? A hundred and what? 123. You and I have seen guys who would do twice that many. Yep. They do 250 innings, you know, and still say, who's next? <laughs> and that, and that's where the game has changed. Well, we reward guys, oh, if we can get them to 180 innings, you know, he's our ace, you know. And I'm, I'm, look, I'm looking at these guys, are you kidding me? And, you know, and, and I think for me, as I look at guys today and I say to myself, okay, you tell me you're bigger, faster, stronger, you have the all-season workout programs, you got your own physical guru, your personal guru, and the most you can give me is 180? It's something wrong with the. It's something wrong with the picture here. It's different, and it's not just the pictures. And I was going to ask you guys the questions yesterday. Nobody asked you questions, so I should have. But you mentioned the people that were in the room yesterday. Scott Terry, grizzled, tough, competitive guy. Ray Langford, grizzled, tough, competitive guy. Nobody more competitive than our buddy Brian Jordan. 
and this isn't just indigenous to the Cardinals, Mike. Who around baseball brings what those guys brought to the table? Is there a player in baseball that plays the way that those guys played? No. Um, you know, and I was kind of trying to process this. And, and, you know, we have these anointed tough guys. And I just don't know who that is. I mean, everybody thinks Max Scherzer is a tough guy. Max Scherzer has given up the third most home runs in, in baseball. Okay, Max Scherzer, Verlander, they're like six inning pitchers. And if that's the goal standard, then I, I don't know what to say, other than maybe the the back end bullpen guys are, are going to be more valuable. I don't think you can win if you don't have like four guys in your bullpen, and really maybe five that that are difference makers. And I look at Baltimore, I look at the Phillies, <clears throat> excuse me, they both have four or five guys in the back end that are probably as important as, as their starters. Mm-hmm. And I think that's where the game is going. Yeah, and it's I know they, there, it's well, there, isn't it? Yeah, we don't want to see guys, you know, they say, well, we don't want our pitcher, I started to see a guy the third time around in the batting order because they make adjustments. Well, you know what, if, if, if pitchers wouldn't show everything in the first two innings mm-hmm. on what they have, maybe they would be around for the seventh inning or the eighth inning because that way you, you, you now know what they can hit and then you show them something else that they haven't seen, oh, yeah, then it's game on. But they don't think like that. And, you know, again, I'm, I'm speaking from, from a fan perspective, never pitching the big leagues, never coaching the big leagues. But I would think if, if just common sense would say, why am I showing him a cutter? or change up late in the game when I already have a fastball and a curveball. You know, so I mean it's just it's just philosophy to me that really kind of makes me think w- w- maybe we're not going in the direction that we used to be. That's a good point, Claves. I I wanted to ask you cuz we were talking about some of the trade names that we've been talking about Jack Flaherty and possibly even moving Paul DeYoung and I assume he's going to get moved today too but is there somebody else that you think that could possibly be on the move where they could maximize what they get into return from the trade deadline um well you know I don't like to put guys names out there but you have to kick the tires on Dylan Carlson and Alec Burleson you have to kick the tires on those guys. And I don't want either one of them to go. And I want to be clear on that because I think they really can help this team. But if I'm from the outside looking in, I really have to look at those guys and the assets they, and the assets that they have. Claves, if you're looking at, at the guys that have left, you got Jordan Montgomery, Jordan Hicks. Obviously, I know Jordan Hicks is a, is a guy that I think has the, the future in front of him. What do you think is, is – when they go to these other places, if they have the success that they didn't have here or as much success, does that put a, a stain a little bit on what the Cardinals are doing? But, you know, man, you know what? Yes and no. I mean, you know, Jordan Hicks was born as a Cardinal, okay? Um, it, it, take, it took him some time to grow, and now he's a full-grown baseball player. I mean, you know, we know about his control. We know about his velocity. But he's settling into the closing role. And I don't know if he's going to be a closer in Toronto. But I'll say this. That's a guy, when he's a free agent, and I know they try to sign him, you know, before they uh, trade him. That's a guy I probably need to come back to and see if I can bring him back for this reason. While we're building for 24, I don't know how you can win in 24 if you don't have a closer. 
And he's already proven that he can do that. Now, I know we have Ryan Helsley, and Ryan Helsley has been good. He was good leading up to the All-Star game last year. And after that, he had a couple of ouchies and some, some hiccups along the way, and then he had an injury, and he wasn't as effective this year. The same thing could apply. But, you know, when Jordan Hicks is healthy, Jordan Hicks is really good. And I think you want to have a guy who understands what that role is, where he can get you out with more than one pitch. And so that's the guy I would think about trying to go out and resign. Hey, Claves, before we get to go uh, get to what's going on at Claves Online, who was your who were you most excited about seeing yesterday that you don't see on a regular basis? Well, I don't see you enough. Yeah, we don't <laughs> see each other enough. You're right. I would start with you. Man, you know what? Um, anytime you see Ozzy, and, you know, we see each other a little bit more. Um, but, you know, every guy like Ray Langford, who doesn't live in St. Louis, mm-hmm. and you think about him having the most home runs in Bush Stadium, too. Um, let's see who else. I, I saw Scott Cooper yesterday, you know, one, one of the really good players. And a great uh, guy. Yeah, and a wonderful person. He got me ready. He, I was going to my first fantasy camp, and I went to go see him to make sure I had a good stroke down. And I could not wait after I got – had a couple of lessons with him. I was like, game on. You know, <laughs> I was waiting on. I was waiting on somebody to sign me. And they wanted to sign me to agree not to come back. So you know, it's one of those things. Uh, gosh, you know, that's a great question. Well, and you know what, Clay, I always enjoy. And we're we're talking. You and I are, are old school. Uh, man, I, I love talking to Danny Cox. Yeah, I was. You know what? I was going to say that because Danny Cox to me is the ultimate teammate. Uh, and if you if you play with Danny and you you guys get different people on your show that play with him and, and there's always a Danny Cox story that makes him so special. Yeah, he's good as it gets. All right, so, uh, what do we got going on at Claves Online right now? Well, we have lunch with Claves and Joe today because we were going to do it yesterday, but obviously we had the golf tournament. We have that. Uh, Joe and Rammer will do uh, daily cars today, and that should be interesting because we don't even know who's going to be in the lineup today. <laughs> right. uh, Dr. Rick, Dr. Rick Lehman with the podcast talking about a lot of things with regard to sports medicine. Uh, Bob Nightingale and I will do our thing on Thursday, so we'll have everything behind us so we can kind of reflect on what's going on there. And you know what? A week would not be complete if you didn't have a walk in the fairway with Nick Ragone from Ascension Charity Golf Classic. Perfect. Looking forward to that. We'll go to ClavesOnline.com and check it out. Michael, always good to see you as I did yesterday. Always good to hear your voice, and uh, we'll talk again soon. Well, as we say, when you get to our age, uh, Randy, it's better to be seen than viewed. (laughs) (laughs) Thanks, Michael. See you later. All right. You guys have a great day. Take care. That's the great Mike Claiborne on 101 ESPN. Coming up, it's our Rush Hour Reset on the opening drive. You're back to the opening drive podcast on 101 ESPN. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers. It's time to recap the biggest sports stories of the day on the opening drive with a Rush Hour Reset. Brought to you by Clubhouse Turf, your exclusive partner of Celebrity Greens. We're redefining private golf. It is trade deadline day in Major League Baseball. Five o'clock this afternoon during the fast lane, you will be able to hear what the Cardinals do. And it would seem, as Mike Claiborne agreed with, that the Cardinals will not have Jack Flaherty and Paul DeYoung to start their game against the Twins tonight. It would seem that those two 
upcoming free agents probably will be rehomed. So follow-up question to that. Do you think it's more likely that Flaherty will just go to a team himself and you get maybe something returned? Or do you see Flaherty being a package deal today? I could see Flaherty and, for example, Carlson going to the Yankees for the right price. Yankees are looking primarily for outfield help, an, an outfield bat, but they also want a starting pitcher. So I could see that word this morning that the Blue Jays, with the injury to Bo Bichette last night, are looking at Tim Anderson of the White Sox or Paul DeYoung. So maybe we could have our third Blue Jays deal in a week. <laughs> what if they don't do anything? I would be surprised. Like, I mean, well, Paul DeYoung probably, if if there are suitors out there. But what if Jack Flaherty is still here? Do you think that that means that he re-signs for next year, or is he a free agent regardless of if he's traded now? Or still on the roster. I think he would the test the line. waters. I think I, I, think so I truly too. and I and the thing is that's nothing against him. A hundred percent, he should test the waters like anybody. If you're mm-hmm. hitting the free agency, or hitting free agency, you're going to test the waters because why not? Now that doesn't mean that he couldn't go and re-sign with the Cardinals. No, but here's the thing: he's. I believe. And I, I've never spoken to Jack Flaherty about this, but just with his words and actions, I believe he's been angling for free agency since his career started. You're and probably basing that off arbitration and how uh, that's gone, and too. The, and not taking arbitration and gearing himself by accepting the Cardinals. Well, not accepting, but forcing the Cardinals to renew him a few years ago. And there's nothing wrong with this, by the way. But why would you go six years to get to free agency and that then not take advantage yeah. of it. I mean, I, I think he will as well. I think it'll just, um, the Cardinals would be in a tough position if they aren't able to find a trade partner and you aren't able to re-sign them. And that kind of leads to my question that I've had all day. What does 2024 look like? Because if you are unable to keep another starting pitcher and now you're down three guys, you weren't able to get more prospects or anything mm-hmm. in return, what does this offseason look like for the Cardinals? We're, we're past 2023. They're yeah. 11 and a half games back there, last in the division again. Um, they were fourth a couple of weeks ago. Now they're last. And so we're past 2023. What does 2024 look like in the preparation for that? And they will have to. Mo, Mo has admitted that they're going to have to use free agency to fill out their rotation. It just depends on what slot. The team that ends 2023 will not look like the team that starts 2024. And by the way, on trade deadline day, I wonder if the teams and Houston and the Dodgers apparently are the main targets with the the Orioles on the periphery for Justin, Justin Verlander. I don't know that Houston would be interested in Flaherty, but I could see if Houston would wind up with Verlander, the Dodgers turning their sights to the Cardinals Mm. and Flaherty. Yeah, that's how that, that that piece has to fall first. J- uh, Justin Verlander figuring out where he goes, and if Dylan Cease is on the trade block, where he ends up. Yeah, before five p.m., then we get to Jack and uh, John Heyman reporting that mystery teams are emerging for Verlander. That always comes up to try to up, up the value, <laughs> and it might be Baltimore, but it it seems as if the teams that he's interested in and he's got a no trade are either Houston or L.A. And Buster, Buster only just tweeted, <clears throat> excuse me, as of late last night, the Yankees front office was not close to making a move. Today we'll say a lot about the direction they're going to go. A lot of skepticism in the organization that they will affect a major sell-off, more likely to be measured additions. Hmm. Is, uh, That's uh, like Dylan Carlson. Are the Mets keeping taking some of that salary? 
from uh, yes, Berlin. Yes, they'll okay. do that again. Yeah. yeah, just like they did with the Rangers. And yep. somebody pointed out that uh, Steve Cohen's a pretty good businessman, that he's he, he, he knows what he's doing. Well, he, he tried to go for it all. It didn't work out, and now he's resetting. Yep. And he went out there and he addressed that, which was very interesting Very to see. appreciative if you yeah. are a New York Mets fan, I'm sure. They're still angry either way. <laughs> yeah, but at least you got your, at least he comes out and speaks about it and says, this yeah. is not what we signed up for. This is not what you signed up for yeah. and we will fix it. And it seems to, to me that they are fixing it. I like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I agree. Just just some transparency yeah. instead of which I, I understand. That. <laughs> what, what, what's that word? What does that word mean? Transparency. Like you can you can see what's actually yeah. going on and taking like lifting place? the veil wow. behind they the never, scenes. Ah, the they never they didn't want anybody behind the, the man curtain. behind the curtain. Uh, one other quick tweet from Buster Olney. He just sent this out. Jays expect to get more info about Bichette by noon, so that will give them some clarity as they make decisions before the deadline. Great. And John Morosi tweeting within the last fifteen minutes. The Reds remain involved in the starting tri- pitching trade market on deadline day, but are somewhat reluctant to pay high prices for top of the market arms. I.e., I saw that. Yeah, Justin Verlander. Hunter Green and Nick Lodolo both expected to rejoin the Reds' rotation during the regular season. So I wonder if the Cardinals, A, would deal with the Reds, and B, whether or not the Cardinals and the Reds could come to an agreement on a deal for Jack Flaherty and Cincinnati. You can't send him to Cincinnati. Sure you can. I've been thinking about this for two weeks now. For two months, you, essentially. Why, why not? not? I mean, just a rental. You're not going to get They're not I, taking I anything do from think, you. What are you getting in return? What are you going to get in return? Prospect. Another yep. prospect. I don't have a problem with that. Wonderful Why? word. I just, for me, I, for me, it's about division and rivalries. And we talked about it in football, right? When Detroit knew they couldn't make it to the playoffs, they knew that they could stop Green Bay from mm-hmm. getting to the playoffs. You don't want your rival to succeed. We're not trading because, them to the Cubs. No, but but they are divisional. They are a divisional opponent. And if they gain success, the, the worst thing that could happen to the Cardinals is the Cincinnati Reds go and win the World Series. That because would be now, amazing. They have confidence. That'd be so you, when, crazy. You, when you have a team that doesn't normally have, because you don't give the Cleveland Browns confidence, you kick them while they're down, and you continue to kick them. And you do the same thing with the Cincinnati Reds, the Pittsburgh Pirates. You were distraught that the Cubs actually won a World Series after 100-plus years. You just kick those people while they're down. You don't give them confidence to feel like they even have the ability to play on the field. With but you. you don't want to give confidence to the L.A. Dodgers. Well, but you don't have to. I mean, that's no, but the Dodgers already have confidence. They are a team that that wins traditionally Mm -hmm. teams that don't win. Traditionally, you don't want them to feel like they can play with you or be on the same field as you. I think the Reds, the Reds Reds are there now. The Reds have confidence and it wears number 44. And also he brings his whole bag of confidence. He he has that swag, the energy, the speed, athleticism. I mean, you can list a million things. Also, I think the Cardinals play this season has put them out of any competition (laughs) or talks like that with the Reds this season. They pretty much this season is over. I'm talking for future reference. You don't, you don't, don't want to see guys. Jack. Well, you never know. I don't. I doubt that I can kick see your Jack opponents saying. when they're down. Can we add that to the pillars? Can we? Can we? Yeah, kick opponents while they're down. Yeah, I like that. Okay, good. Yeah. <laughs> well, so how all, we all, all roads lead to hardware. Deflect the blame at all costs. Okay. Keep the panic bus keys, and we could replace just coast with uh, kick them while, while they're down. Kick them while they're down. Yeah. yeah. There's your Rush Hour Reset here on 101 ESPN. Coming up, we want to hear from you. Texts on the text line, 314-399-9646, 314-399-YOHO.
So it gets to be 645, and you turn the Cardinals-Twins game on just before the first pitch. Are you more optimistic about the outlook for the franchise after the trade deadline? Text, and if you want to leave a mic drop, you can do that too, here to the opening drive on 101 ESPN. You're back to the opening drive podcast on 101 ESPN. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers. We want to know what you think. You're a Cardinals fan at 645 tonight. You turn tune in to the Cardinals game on Bally Sports Cards and Twins going at it. And right at first pitch, are you more optimistic about the outlook for this franchise with the moves they've made? And presumably, Jack Flaherty and Paul DeYoung will be on their way. So how are you feeling about where the Cardinals are right now? I I certainly feel better that the Cardinals got something for these people that are walking out the door than getting nothing. It's much like when the Blues traded O'Reilly and Tarasenko and uh, Ivan Barbashev. I I want, even though they're prospects and I don't know, I would rather get something for those players than nothing, which is what I would have gotten for them. But with that, you got Yakub Rana and Kasperi Kapanen, and you saw guys with extreme speed, and they were scoring goals. You were excited. You were thrilled when you got when you traded away those players, mm-hmm. and then you signed some players and, and got players back. It, you don't you you you're not going to see if you don't see it in 2023. You don't know what to expect in 2024. And for me, that is the concern. I, I just they may be extremely talented. We don't know. They may be mm-hmm. terrible. We don't know. We haven't seen them enough of them to know that they are going to be the future, whether it's at at at, at starting pitcher, relief pitcher, infield, where whatever positions that we've signed, we don't know. We have no clue. A couple of things though. I, I I hope I tune in and I know that Mason Wynn is on the way. That's yes. one of the things that I, I really hope for. Please. And then the other thing is you say we don't know, and you are a hundred percent right, but I want to know about Matthew Libertor as these last two months unfold. I 100%. want to yes. know about Zach Thompson. I want to know about the young pitchers that are going to perhaps, and I hope, get opportunities for two full months. I need. I don't want any Zach Thompson one month and then, okay, we're going to stretch you out. I, I want the Cardinals to make a decision and then stick to it with these young pitchers for a couple of months and give them 10 starts. And all three of those pitchers, Chris Stratton and uh, Jordan Montgomery and Jordan Hicks, they were they had they were on expiring contracts. They were set to be free agents. You have to get something in return because that's also the position that you're in. It, you would like to be able to re-sign some guys. And I know that they had mentioned in the press conference, Ollie hinted towards it, John Moselock hinted towards it, that maybe that they will leave that door open once we hit the offseason where you could bring back some of those guys. Even Monty stayed by his locker after the game, mentioned how much the Cardinals organization that he would be open to possibly coming back, which I know. No, it's it's not likely, but still very nice of him to say. But in that situation, you have to not I don't want to say get rid of that sounds so negative, but that's what you did. Essentially, you have to move those guys, get something in return, young, controllable prospects, some young arms to add some depth because you can't just let them walk away. And honestly, if they all if the whole team, the whole club performed better, you wouldn't have been in this situation anyways. Mm -hmm. I agree. I mean, they put themselves in this position by not playing well, by not performing well. 
and uh, being impending free agents, you knew that the Cardinals were going to have to do something if they were unable to sign them, which they were not. Um, they haven't. They maybe they still try to work out something with Jack Flaherty if he isn't traded before the deadline. But you knew when they couldn't get a deal done with Jordan Hicks, Jordan Montgomery, those guys would probably be out the door. And if you're winning. If you're in a position to to make a push towards the playoffs to potentially win a World Series, even if they're going to be free agents, they still are here. So mm-hmm. to your point, Brooke, yeah, it's the poor play that has cost those guys to be moved. Yep. A texter who apparently does read Bernie's column on scoopswithdannymac.com says, do yourself a favor and look at the front office regular season record and postseason record during the first eight years versus the most recent eight years. It's not good. Cards have been slipping for years. But let's talk about how great things are instead. I don't think that anybody We've talked about the Cardinals He's being talking about things great, great. great. for a long time. Have you listened time. to us today? Yep. I don't. Uh, and and yeah. then what do you expect these players to say? I hate it here and I'm not coming back. Let's not read too much into it. If I were Jordan Montgomery and all you need to do. He's going to fill all yeah. the offers. Because right. that's what he was doing, right? Yeah. Is that he's going to hit free agency and he's going to listen to all those offers. So, of course, you're going to say, yeah, I'm going to be open to the Cardinals. Because especially if the price tag is nice, you'll listen to anybody. But if you're Jordan Montgomery and... You are the guy that we observed this year. That the Cardinals don't give an opportunity to pitch for starters. They don't want to. They're all in on analytics, and they don't want pitchers to pitch a third time through the lineup. They don't want pitchers to throw over 100 pitches. He's going to a place now where a former major league pitcher is the general manager, mm-hmm. and Bruce Bochy, a former major league catcher, lets yep. his pitchers pitch. He's going to be in. He- oh, and Mike Maddox is there. Gonna he's going to be in heaven. And there's no way after he experiences that that he's going to go to an analytics place where they don't allow him to move on in the job that he started. That, that's, to me, the, the issue when people say, oh, they'll come back. How, how do you know that? You don't know. They could go somewhere else, enjoy it, see how things are done on the other side and realize, you know what? I only knew one thing in Jordan Montgomery's case. He obviously came from the Yankees in here. He's been to a couple of places. But Jordan Hicks, I've only known one thing. Let me go see what this new mm-hmm. place is like. Oh, they do it differently here. It's not this stringent every single day. It's not these restrictions on me as a player. I actually enjoy showing up to work and doing that. I want to try this more. So you you never know once a player leaves that they will come back for sure because now they're getting to see something different. I think the likelihood of any of them returning is very low, but I think the only one that I think possibly you could get to return and I'm talking money wise, making it figure out is maybe Chris Stratton, but yeah, other but than bother? that, but because yeah, they're they're going to bring up kids. It's they need to provide themselves more flexibility in that bullpen so that when guys do get gassed, that they can send a couple of guys out and bring a couple of guys back. And Stratton is, I don't think he's good enough to no. bring back. I think I think they'd be much better served having young players and having a level of flexibility that they could get out and uh, or uh, that they can send out to the miners. By the way, and uh, this just struck me, but how troubling is it for you guys that not in the last John Mozeliak press conference, but in the, uh, the worst selling pro- press conference, how troubling is it to you guys that he said we were counting on Wilking Rodriguez? 
<laughs> I'm trying to forget about that. I I, I'm trying to forget about it's that. It's number two behind the we have six starters. I was well, about actually to say. ten. The we have six, but actually ten starters is still the the number one in that one. But the uh, the Wilking Rodriguez we were counting, is, and then Wilking Rodriguez. <sighs> so the six starters, and then also I I don't know maybe tied for second would be the whole not being involved in the starting pitching market, but being involved in the starting pitching market during the offseason last year. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. By the way, if you have not heard the Wilking Rodriguez story, he was a 33-year-old Rule 5 draft choice from the Yankees who had signed him. He had not pitched in the majors since 2014. He had been to Scranton Wilkesbury. He had been to Magellan's. He'd been to Aragua for a couple of years. He'd been to Lara. He'd been to Asqua Calientes. He'd been to Dos Laredos. He'd been to Magellan's again. He'd been to Venezuela uh, pitching for two teams. Dos Laredos in 2022, uh, Magellan's, and then Memphis he's this well year. Traveled. Oh, he is, well. He's well traveled. So had not pitched. He's 33 years old. Had pitched in the Mexican League or in the Venezuelan League for nine, eight, eight seasons. And we were counting on him this year. I mean, it sounds like a diamond in the rough, his, Randy. His three Waiting ga- for his moment to shine. Yeah. His three games in AAA Memphis, he had a 9.0 ERA, a 2.0 whip, <laughs> and, al- and allowed 13.5 <laughs> hits per he's nine. Rock, he's just getting he hurt. And by the way, uh, Alex Ferrario also just texted me, Randy, and said, That's concerning was when most of the rules won't affect them. Well, that, that was, was another big was, red flag oh, from that one. Too. Yeah, that's a good one. Yeah. Oh, that's, that's a, a bad one, one too. That's we'll, a great point. Yeah, we'll, we'll wait and see, and then we'll react. Yeah, great. <laughs> and then we'll react. So uh, let me just count these seasons: 15, 16, 17. I, I got to use my fingers. 18, 19, 20, 21, 22. Eight years in foreign leagues, and we were counting on him as a Rule Five pick. Yeah, great. And then he got hurt. <laughs> Well, if it wasn't for that, who would have? This season could have gone differently. He does have a swell beard. That was that was the reason. That was the, the reason. No, well, the, for him Will getting be. injured. Oh, okay. Could have been Chris Carpenter. Could have been yeah. anybody. Yeah, I'm, literally. I'm not calling that. <laughs> anyway, could have been me. <laughs> you can do a good Ray King impression. Uh, Coming up, we already talked to Mike Claiborne, but uh, according to this sheet, we're, sheet, we're talking to Mike Claiborne according again. This. Yeah, yeah, we're talking to Mike Claiborne again. So that's that's what this says. Anyway. Damn grid got me. Uh, yeah. Uh, so according to the sheet, snorted. sometimes the grid gets me. Yeah, we're going to give you the, the latest rumors, and we're going to uh, we we promise to get your texts. More of your texts coming up on. The opening drive on 101 ESPN. And the text number is 314-399-9646-314-399. yo on 101 ESPN. You're back to the opening drive podcast on 101 ESPN. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers. I think that there is a chance. You know, the Marlins manager is Skip Schumacher. He has a very intense knowledge of of what the Cardinals have and and some of the players that he likes. And, you know, I I think that that would certainly help any trade situation because he's going to really be able to identify what he needs to make Miami better. And so to answer your question is, yeah, I mean, I I think there's a shot that these two teams are able to hook up before uh, Tuesday at at 6 o'clock Eastern. Now, I, I don't know 
exactly what the Cardinals would covet in the Marlins organization. But the uh, you know, look, the Cardinals have a glut of outfielders. They have a glut of infielders. Miami's sort of on the uh, lacking end of a bat. They do have some pitchers in their minor league system who I think could help St. Louis in the future. So, uh, yeah, I do. I, I think there's a chance of something happening. That's our friend Craig Mish from the Miami Herald yesterday with Brooke and Carrie here on 101 ESPN. And a word coming from John Morosi uh, just recently that the Cardinals and Marlins have been engaged in talks overnight. And the names that were listed as possibilities were, if I'm not mistaken here, Paul DeYoung, correct? Along And Jazz Chisholm just came back for them. Dylan Carlson and Alec Burleson. Skip would have much more familiarity with Dylan Carlson and Paul DeYoung than he would with Burleson, who was not up for a significant amount of time last year. So it was two separate tweets. In in the Morosi's Marlins tweet, he just referred to um, Schumacher's close knowledge of SEL's available Mm -hmm. bats. And then it was a a second tweet where he mentioned the bats that they're talking about trading Carlson, DeYoung, and Burleson. Okay, so that would be another move, though, where Miami is trying to make the playoffs, and they aren't trading anybody off of their major league roster. You aren't getting Sandy Alcantara for Dylan Carlson. It would be players from the Marlins system that the Cardinals would be acquiring in a trade for those guys. And that does make sense, even though their outfielders this year in Florida, Miami, have been pretty much as productive as Dylan Carlson. De La Cruz with a 741 OPS. Chisholm, who just came back with a 754 OPS. And then Jesus Sanchez at 784. And Sanchez, by the way, 10 homers, 35 RBIs. Chisholm, 9 and 21. De La Cruz, 14 and 57. But they also... Uh, have the ability to get a switch hitter on their roster who can there, be there for uh, for a long time if they go with Carlson or if they would go with a guy like uh, Alec Burleson. I don't know where at this point DeYoung would fit there unless they'd want to plug him in at third base uh, because they're getting decent work. Well, Joey Wendell has been okay, not great, but uh, they've gotten decent work out of him. What about an outfielder? And, and one, uh, yeah, thing, I think Dylan Carlson would be the the guy. Another thing Mish did say is that he kind of alluded to the Cardinals having conversations with players that whose name haven't been as as thrown out as commonly. Um, I we thought maybe he was intimating maybe a, Paul, a, a Nolan Gorman. I really do though think Alec Burleson has. I don't think we've really seen his name until the last. You know, I think we think this morning is kind of the first time we've seen his name thrown in with the other outfielders as a potential move. So maybe Burleson's the guy that they're looking at. Because for me, Mish's comments have always jumped out to me as them saying they want a bat, not necessarily yeah. a position player. They want a bat. So it's more about what kind of offense they can get from that player at their defensive position. And I think Burleson could fit that. Most people want a left-handed bat. I mean, if if you get a guy that can swing the bat and hit it hard and hit it far, that might be a guy that uh, teams could be looking at. Now, what you get in return, we we talked about it. What can you expect to get back that is going to help you in 2024? That, to me, is the the main focus and should be the main goal of the St. Louis Cardinals right now. What are we getting in return, and how will that help us succeed in 2024? And if you look at their top 10 prospects, according to MLB.com, Max Meyer, pitcher, ETA 2024. That's number one. Their number three prospect, a lefty, uh, Dax Fulton, ETA 2024. Uh, Their number four prospect, Jake Eder, a lefty uh, in AA this year, 24 years old, ETA 2024. So that's three 2024 ETAs. And then Jacob Amai Arnoa, their number 10 prospect. So four of their top 10 are 
pitchers who have an ETA of 2023 or 2024. And I think that's, if you're the Cardinals, what you're looking for is arms that can make it to the majors this year or next. And it would have to be a bat that you're giving up that it would, I would think would have to be a Dylan Carlson, something that it's controllable, obviously, which you would be doing, we would be doing with any of your bats, essentially. And maybe Jack Flaherty could be packaged. Mm-hmm. I just, I have this feeling that Jack Flaherty is going to be packaged in one of these deals. I just wonder though, if you are, and obviously everybody knows that you never have enough pitching, but Lizardo is better than Flaherty. Alcantara is better than Flaherty. Uh, Garrett has been better than Flaherty this year. And then you have Edward Cabrera and Perez and Hoeing is uh, in the minors right now. But I, I guess you get Jack as a, a back-of-the-rotation guy. I just don't know that he is substantially better than their top three. I don't believe he is. No. But he could provide innings for you. So maybe that's another guy, or maybe the Cardinals just separate the two because of the number of teams that need starting pitching. Maybe you you separate all of them. Maybe you look at Toronto for DeYoung. Maybe you look at the Yankees or Dodgers for Flaherty, and maybe you look at the Marlins for Carlson or uh, Burleson. And Burleson does have substantially more control, which is a big thing for Miami. Substantially more control than Carlson does. Carlson has two years left after this, right? And yes. uh, and Burleson would have five after this. So that's part of it, too. So a lot going on, and again, it would be surprising if the Cardinals did not make a couple of more deals by the time this deadline passes. And I wonder what's happening now. I wonder if Mo is kind of like in mad scientist mode because he's never been able to do this before. That is sell because the Cardinals have always been in the hunt for the playoffs. And now he's thinking, okay, well, now <laughs> I get to take this, uh, look at this from another angle. I mean, I hope so. Like I said, I hope they are looking at, and I'm sure they are, finding the guys that can help this team in 2024. And and if that's getting prospects and then potentially trading them in the offseason for someone or something that could help this roster, that to me is the most important thing when you're looking at who's going out, who's coming, who's coming back, is making sure that we do not have a repeat of the 2023 season because this has been – Unbearable. We, we talked about what the Blues went through, and, and there's this notion that the Blues are still a season away from, from playoffs. But for some reason, we believe that the Cardinals are 2024 back in the hunt into the playoffs. They're going to have to do work in this offseason to this roster to make sure that that is the case. This is going to be a, a pretty interesting, not only deadline, but I think these last two months, even though they're going to lose a lot, I think we're going to learn a lot. We haven't, I, not that I can recall, been in a situation that has been this bad. Never. Because, it just, well, and never in an era where people sold. Yes. It's just not not what I know the Cardinals to be. And I guess that's part of the reason why most Cardinal fans think this is a one-year type of deal. But I, if it's not corrected, if you do not go out and fix this pitching, ro- the rotation, the bullpen, again, I think those younger guys are well-suited to come up and be major parts of the bullpen but if you're relying on them to be starters in your starting rotation, you could be in a world of hurt. You better go get some established partner starters for next year. And that's what I was saying earlier is that you have to, right? Because what what do we feel like and what have we been talking about is that concern of the pitching philosophy and developing young talent, especially your young arms and being able to maximize their talent. 
there's a concern there. So not only will you have to do things in free agency and see what you can do here in the final moments of the trade deadline, you're going to have to change something when it comes to the staff and maybe supplement or possibly rehome, as we mentioned, because the philosophy and having those many players, you mentioned earlier, Randy, the starters, and even in the bullpen, just the downturn that we've seen. Anybody who's watched the Cardinals this season can tell you that the pitching staff has been not even close to par whatsoever. You have to fix something inside internally while also seeking outside help. That's Brooke. That's Carrie. I'm Randy. Matthew is here. Coming up, we've got rock and roll and also... If somebody in this room wins Mega Millions tonight, who shows up tomorrow? It's coming your way on the opening drive. Won't be me. You're back to the opening drive podcast on 101 ESPN. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers. Let's rock. Let's rock today. Okay, so tonight's Mega Millions jackpot is worth $1.05 billion at the moment. The cash option, $527.9 million. And I I think we can all agree we'd take the cash option, would we not? Yep, $527. I'm 60. I definitely would. I'm not going to be around for 20 years to take the whatever it is a year. (laughs) So the drawing is tonight at 10 o'clock St. Louis time. Brooke Grimsley. If you win the Mega Millions jackpot tonight, are you going to be here with us tomorrow morning at 7 a.m.? I think I would come to make the big announcement. Okay, good. I think I, I would come to make the big announcement, and then I would have a helicopter come and land <laughs> right into the parking lot well, be to come pick me up, and maybe yeah. even like I don't know, jump through the window and like do like a landing and have like this nice like cushy pad, and then walk right into the helicopter. Do something very simple and humble. Spectacular. Yeah, you know, just yeah. very humble. Okay, that's, that's, that's what really, I would do. They're really that's simple, yeah. <laughs> simple and humble. Uh, yeah, you are. You're just uh, simple and humble. You wouldn't, you wouldn't see me. No, you're not going to be here? No, I'm not even going to tell you a lie. I, I would call you all around 9.30 and say, uh-huh. hey, Slept some in. came up. Mm-hmm. See, I, I actually got to go out of town for a couple of weeks. Mm-hmm. Now I don't know if it's good or bad, but I'll just uh, see you all then. And then you may or may not see me again after that. I think I okay. would come back because I enjoy working with you all every morning. It's a little early. I might have to work out <laughs> something with Tommy where I can come in at 8 a.m. the station. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> make make my station. own rules. <laughs> yeah. So I, uh, uh, I would have to see on the news that somebody in the area bought the ticket at a particular store because I'm not going to be I'm not going to check the ticket tonight. So I would have to hear that somebody in our area won. I will not know and I will not check the ticket before the show tomorrow. So it might be Thursday that I, I would miss a day. But I would tell y'all, you'd know. Y'all. Yep. You, you would know that I'm not coming in. I would be very respectful of my coworkers and I would return at some point. Oh, okay. At some point. Yes. What about it you, might be. What are you doing? Oh, I, I'd, be, I'd, be, here. I'd be here. Yeah. I'd Rock be here, here with bells on at 6.15. You'd walk probably, in. Yeah. I'd have my feet kicked up on this desk right here. <laughs> and you'd say, hey, Rock, I didn't get a rundown last night. I'd go, yeah, here it is. And it would just be. Are you even just, It would be a blank <laughs> music. Like, we're going to turn the mics on at 7 and see what happens. <laughs> Stick it to the man. I, was, I have a question. If you did that. If you guys did. You know, win just <laughs> theoretically, which I hope all of us win. I want us all to be winners, you know, of course, yeah. um, well, but especially me. Trophies, um, yeah. 
would you go public with your name? Because some people keep their identity completely secret. Some states you can be anonymous. You? I don't know if Missouri is a state where you can have anonymity. They just throw you in front of the media, the hungry yeah, media. Yeah, I think you. Some states you can remain anonymous. I don't. I'm not sure if Missouri is one of those states. You may have to tell people, but you should <laughs> change you? your number. Change your email yep. address. I wouldn't answer any more email. Don't email me. If you, I'm not. You know what I would do? I would do? just delete Just delete all. email. Yep. Yeah. yeah. I, I, I would just hold off. For, for a while. And I would walk into the office like at, on Wednesday before Thanksgiving at 3 o'clock or Christmas <laughs> Eve, like, you know, in the middle of the day, Christmas Eve, when nobody's working in news, right? Yeah. And then nobody's going to a press conference. That's when I would tell them. <laughs> you would also, say that then? Yeah. And then where, where would you go right after? Would you retire? Um, probably. You get five hundred million. Somebody, you're coming to work. Somebody said, yeah, it's, "What we do is we use that word." Somebody said Randy yeah, would leave. Randy would leave until somebody gets wins two fights in a row, and then Randy would immediately <laughs> come back. Oh, oh, oh. Oh, no. uh, I yeah. think another another little tip for any breaking news, if you ever want to reveal it. Mm-hmm. If it's not the holidays, which holidays is very good because there's no, there's less news people around Friday night after like mm-hmm. even like a little bit after the 10 p.m. show starts. Nobody will care because then it's the weekend and that's the weekend's problem. And there's not as yeah, many people right. around on the weekend. But so you have to go in. Well, well, the lottery office is open, though. That's the thing. Mm. So but even you go in a half hour before they close on Friday afternoon. Nobody is coming out on a Friday from a TV station. Right. To do a press conference. It says Missouri, you can't, somebody said you can't be anonymous. Yeah, so they just I, like literally throw you really, out there, like expose you. That's why you have to pick the right anonymous. time. Yeah. You just, they just expose you to everyone. They say yeah. so and so won. Look who yeah. won. Yep. Put your fi- your face everywhere. Yep. You can put my wow. face and then you, get, you get the news people that are just saying, what are you going to do with the money? I don't know. Going to live mm. yeah. my best life. Have yeah. you seen the lottery curse? The All the stories about yeah, the lottery curse? Yeah. That's you have to be mature about it, I think. Yeah. So I would be. Yeah. So no helicopters is what you're saying. Probably not okay. that morning. <laughs> okay. But at some point. Uh, no, I've seen some bad things happen with helicopters. <laughs> yeah, I wouldn't. Yeah. I'm just saying. Me too. Just just one helicopter, okay? <laughs> it's true, but it I'll, happened. I'll limit myself to one oh, helicopter. Okay. okay. Good. I thought you were talking about one helicopter accident. No, no. I was avoiding that. We're not. No, Randy, okay. too soon. <laughs> I actually show up for work. Are you kidding me? Yeah, I, I, if I just had to do this for the rest of my life and not actually have to worry every day, like whether or not what's going to happen in 10 Rock. years, 15 mm. years, 25 years, you would you would hire somebody to do the fight for you. Oh, God, yeah. <laughs> Real talk, 100%. Uh-huh. One person come in at I would sponsor one hell of a, tr- a scholarship at Webster or Lindenwood. And that one person. That gets, but that person has to be in studio every yes. day. They're going to get a nice scholarship. They're going to get their school paid for. They just need to kick out four solid fight uh, questions for me every day. Very nice. That'd be a good way to spend uh, the money. I like that, Carrie. Good job by our producer audio engineer, Matthew Rocchio. Pleasure. Uh, Brooke, hopefully we'll see you tomorrow. Well, we will for well, at least a little while. We'll see. Until she flies just, out, until she jumps just, out the window. If you see a helicopter landing window? over here. How are you going to get out of well, this window? Well, because I'll have enough mo- uh, money, money, money. money. <laughs> <laughs> to, to remove it, to have okay. somebody remove it. Mm-hmm. And then you have a are nice little cushion at the... after you leave? I mean, I don't know. Us? You could try to call my people, but I'm going to be a little busy. <laughs> and then just a nice little pad to land on and then get right into my helicopter and... Off in a way. So if you uh, see a helicopter around tomorrow, I kind of like me. I, I'm glad that you're at least showing up, unlike CD. <laughs> <laughs>
<laughs> see you when I see you. <laughs> hey, uh, I'll, I'll be here, I promise. Uh, we thank you for tuning in, texting in, and being a part of the show for all of us until tomorrow morning, which is hump day at 7. Have a great day, St. Louis. That's right. You've been listening to the Opening Drive Podcast on 101 ESPN and ESPN.com. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers.